but I don't think it's fair to put the onus completely on Toby in this situation. Whilst we can say the gate should have been closed behind him, we have to take into consideration that during the situation that everything was happening. Welcome back to This Is We, the This Is Us after party, after show, after party, party, unofficial, <sighs> everything. We're just here. We're unofficial, but we're official. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we've been going for a while, I feel. So, uh, we're living life. We're enjoying the final season. And my name's Alex Holmes, and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm joined by... You're joined by Toby Rachel, but Alex Host is also an author and a podcaster from Time to Talk. And I am mm-hmm. Toby Rachel, host of the Yellow Cop podcast. And I'm joined here by Ida McKenzie from Don't Let the Stands. Uh, we just dropped our first episode from our new season, so please check that Ooh. out, the ATSPOD. Um, so please take a listen to that when you can. And yeah, no Marquise today. Well, there will be Marquise, but he's just not here at the moment. He'll be coming slightly mm-hmm. later. So Rational Anger, um, check out his podcast and, you know, he'll come and shout out everything else when he joins as well. But yeah, that's all of us. Okay. So we are, actually, wait, you know what? How are we? How are we doing? It was a heavy episode. Mm. How are we doing this week? Yeah. Um, what's today? Wednesday. It feels like, so I had um, like a fake weekend just now. So I've just come back from my fake weekend. So I've been away since Monday. That was that was fun. I'm tired, but refreshed at the same time, which is really weird. That happens when you go away. It's like you need to recover from, from going away. But all good. Many emotions, many things happening in just three days. One of them being a wedding of one of my good friends. Nice to go to a Jamaican wedding because... Uh, hey. <laughs> Was it yeah, Jamaican? Jamaican. It was... oh, I'm sure I saw a gilly. Uh, oh, you know, you know, somebody will wear a gilly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nigerian spider. It was me in the corner. <laughs> it's wrapping my gilly. I don't remember seeing a gilly, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, I probably just made that yeah, up. Yeah, you probably mind. just like told me another wedding. <laughs> it's, or it's probably a flashback. Yeah, yeah, or something. Because there was another wedding I went to. You probably thought, but anyway, the one I was at yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know there were some head wraps, but I doubt it. It was Jamaican aunties in their head wraps. Um, nice, but yeah, nice, nice. yes, auntie, yeah. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Um, but that, that was lovely. Shout out to Sean and Abigail, who, yeah, they it was just lovely watching them get married, and it was nice to have a break from just being so Nigerian, you know. Uh, I love my people, but my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. Blessings upon blessings Amen. upon blessings. I love, I love a, you know what? I love a mm-hmm. good wedding. I love a celebration, yeah. you know. Yeah, man. You know what? This might sound mad, but even funerals sometimes after the after the after the ceremony and the cry cry bit, it's the That's next it. part. <laughs> the, the next part, the part That's after the cry cry. You know, you know what? You know, like I, I listen, and you're gonna try it. small, small tear. You're gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I, I'll be out here like Viola Davis in the corner, like. That. <laughs> but generally. Like I, I love the feeling of after when you're just, you know, you're you're with family that you've not seen for a while. You're there catching vibes. You're hearing stories. You're hearing stories now because the dearly departed 
are no longer there to, to kind of hold the secrets, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now you're hearing stories and you're like, oh, really, actually? Really, <laughs> really, and truly, and truly, and really. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying? Auntie Maisie did what? So, and then you find out her name is oh, actually Maisie. You're like, what? Like, who's what? It was something mad. Like, it, you find out it was something like Evangeline, Evangeline, yeah. Evangeline Larisha, or something like that. And you're like, where did mm-hmm. this name? Where did this name come from? Listen, but, um, I have cousins who, like, I have a cousin called Shana. And then one day, my mom turned to me and like, you know, Shana's name isn't Shana. I was like, I was flabbergasted. <laughs> I was distraught. I was Listen. like, so what's my name? <laughs> I was like, so who am I? <laughs> All of oh these names, I di- listen, all of these names I didn't know were different until the funeral. Yeah. And that's when I, and that's when I'm just like, it's wild. So wild. Yeah. It's wild. Don't know which government official you were hiding from mm-hmm. or and how, in the UK. Anyway, sorry, we love, a cele- we, we, we love a celebration. Mm-hmm. We love a baptism. We love a, Christ- we love mm-hmm. a christening. We love a wedding. You know, it's, te- it's techie, but funerals... You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Family, yeah, that's it. That's it. The Mm -hmm. simple celebrations Mm -hmm. of life. Anyway, um, Eden, feeling good? I'm slightly downbeat today, guys. I thought I'll just keep it 100% and be honest. Um, It's it's usually quite hard to tell when I'm a bit downbeat because I still kind of make jokes Mm. and, you know, keep it light and stuff like that. But um, I've been a bit emotionally exhausted this week just with. I think I try not to really talk about how um, trying podcasting can be because it just sounds like whining for like whining mm-hmm. sake. But um, yeah, a lot of work goes into producing this podcast, but also producing my other podcast and then working nine to five and, you know, all of the other things as well. So I just feel a bit exhausted, like keeping a hundred, like, um, you know, trying to, keep myself accountable with my creative projects going gym in the morning writing you know speaking to friends and staying in contact with them and everything um but it is a bit tiring and on top of that this episode of this is us pissed me off in so many different ways like there were just some things that happened which I think you know because we see it from the angle of this family we think you know is a like the Avengers assemble and I'm just like I, I didn't like something that I saw okay, we'll we'll get to that yeah we'll so that. yeah I'm not in the best mood um but it is what it is like that is what it is just gotta um, accept it got you I was gonna got say you. watching this is us might not have helped but this is why <laughs> this is why we we honestly have these debriefs and I think why people listen because you can you want to watch this is us and you're like what mood will it put me in and then you need to just talk it out and I really hope that, yeah. yeah, you can only go upwards when it comes to your mood and where you're at, at the moment mentally yeah. from here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ted. Alex. I love that. All I'm, all I'm thinking in my mind is Kirk Franklin's songs just go through my head. <laughs> I never thought be I so could happy. be so happy. Hey, I never knew. I never thought. <laughs> this is how you can tell i'm a sinner i haven't moved and these guys are dancing see and then you try to tell me that i'm 
things. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's okay. <laughs> no, um, you know, I mean, I just feel like it's just one of those places we all have our moods. They all vary. They all come in at very random times in life. And we have to just see them through, process them, and kind of move with whatever the information is being told to us at that given, yeah. at any given point. And um, so, yeah, man, you're going to have those high days, bro. Mm. But like, um, and there's low days. And I know exactly. And as much as I don't mention the stuff I do on this podcast, because I like to just keep it this mm-hmm. podcast, but there's many podcasts I'm producing. Mm. <laughs> I'm tired most of the time. But obviously, you know, our, our schedules are different. So, but I empathize, man. It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. And, um, you know, stay up, find the time for yourself and just, you know, it, it will work itself out in the end yep. um my week you know i'm doing okay i'm doing all right um i had some nice family time and um yeah man i've just kind of just had to just let things let things fall today i had a really random day this random thing this morning somebody invited me onto like a podcast and i was a different alex holmes than they really had so who else is out there taking it was my name and can go on podcast how about knowing <laughs> immediately no <laughs> anyway so that was very interesting and it was so mad because i'd sent the i'd sent the i'd sent the profile picture <gasps> i'd sent everything oh. and so it was just like yeah 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 cool cool, cool. so i come on and they're asking me questions and i'm like oh, wait. Pause, pause a second you actually went on the pod yes i went on because i was like you know what the topic i do speak about but i don't speak about explicitly but i do speak about so i was thinking is it that they've just kind of read my book and they want to get a particular part so i was like all right cool i was meant to mention it to them but you know when you go into the zoom recording and it's already recording and you're just like mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> so I, I don't wild. know and you know you're trying to orient you're trying to orient yourself like when did you realize things. that when they asked me the, it was question one it was literally <laughs> question one and they, and, and they asked me they asked me a question and i was like i began to answer and i was actually like actually this has not been a part of my narrative story right. so i was like pause there are you thinking of x y and z and they were like <gasps> And I was like, oh, yeah. Did you continue? And the biggest joke is... Did you continue recording? No, of course not. I don't waste my time. <laughs> I have to cancel the cover. Like, imagine trying to continue on a topic that I just yeah, don't know about. Okay. I just waste everybody's yeah. time. It's a bit dead. It's so funny because, like, we have very, very different hues. Of right. Black. I was going to ask. I put it there. I was going, yeah. Because I was like, I never heard of this other Alex Williams. Yeah, man. Anyway, that was my day. And then, you know, and I just thought, you know what? Nothing else can be... Nothing else can rattle me today. Because, <laughs> like, that has happened. So, that's, that's true. That's funny. I mean, that's my, that's that my was colour blind casting. Honestly. And the biggest joke is they had the picture. Anyway, let's Very get weird. in. Let's get in to the show. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, absolutely forgotten what the episode was called Saturday today. Um, do you remember? Okay. Okay. So, the beginning. Okay, so this episode is episode 11, Saturday in the Park. Um, We are at Miguel and Rebecca's 10-year anniversary. And they got married when she was seven, when they were 70, 60. Very interesting. Um, Didn't think about that. No, I didn't think about that. So she's, oh yeah, she's 70. She's 70. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Mm. Anyway. Neither here nor there. We'll get to that at another point. But um, yeah, so we're at, um, as we saw from the previews last week, something happens with baby Jack. Um, 
we're we're kind of brought back to when future Jack is talking about an incident that happened with the egg with the egg cooker, the egg steam, the egg thing, the egg nate. The egg, the egg, the egg, is the egg, the egg, the egg, the egg um, barbecue okay. thing. And um, yeah, so now we're we're kind of we're seeing what happened that day. There was an implication that there was an accident that happened. And um, we were just trying, we were watching, I was watching anyway, to find out what happened mm-hmm. in this accident. And um, so, yeah, overall thoughts on the episode, um, guys, and get into specifics um, later on down the line. So, you know, let's just give an overall kind of perception and we can go in on particular things as we go. Um, let me just say that the overall, my overall view on the episode was that um, it was quite, I felt a lot of uh, fear. <laughs> I felt a lot of fear and I felt a lot of anxiety. It was very, I was, I, there was a lot of time I was like, <gasps> like, what is going to happen? Do you know what I mean? Um, I enjoyed the episode though. I think it was one of the realest, it was one of the, like, similar to when um, Kevin and Randall had their thing. It was a, it was a real episode, you know what I mean? Like high emotion, high intensity, there got a lot of information um anybody else whoever wants to jump Um, in this episode like you said alex i was just afraid i was just so afraid Um, i've never been a parent but i was suddenly put in the position of being worried as a parent uh for like one hour of my life but i think it was the whole seeing baby jack's perspective and you know the way that he sees the world and um his limited vision um that made it difficult for me because I was really put in this baby's shoes and his innocence and he's just like yeah I'm just gonna go to the park (laughs) but it's like you're really 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 in danger and even though we know he's he grows up to be fine and he's left with a scar on his head we don't know Mm. how he gets the scar I was still just so anxious um thought there was some beautiful metaphors with water and um some mirroring happening on um toby and toby and kate's lawn uh mm. i don't know why i said lawn like that because i'm not american <laughs> their front front yeah, yard their front yard their front garden Miranda. um yeah with that fight on, on the front garden just reminded me of the worst fight ever on this is us which was randall and kevin it was in that same spot um, so it was interesting to see Randall and Kevin on the same side this time. So yeah, um, I would say terrible episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I mean by not yeah, terrible, by terrible, great, great writing and everything. Just it just made me so nervous, um, so anxious. And the only time I laughed is when Beth spoke. Yes, I just inserted the Beth stand. <laughs> but we should do a drinking yeah. game. <laughs> the Beth time. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I got feelings of anxiety when I watched this episode. There are also kind of feelings of frustration and defensiveness that came up when, like, some of the conversation and like arguments and digs were kind of happening. Um, I liked the, cin- the cinematography. I liked the way that um, they kind of shot from Jack's perspective and how we kind of you know obviously as a seeing person as someone it's an able-bodied person um 
when your vision is blocked when you're watching something I don't know if it's the same with everyone but for me I kind of I get frustrated mm-hmm. like I feel like it's 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 just naturally I just feel a bit frustrated I'm just like oh like what's going on and stuff like that and obviously that comes with a certain amount of privilege so being able to kind of sit there and watch what was going on on the screen and realizing okay this is what Jack's perspective is and you know all of the stimulus that he gets surrounding him um what happens in that type of situation when it's like arguments that he hears and um you know that type of environment that he's growing up in it was quite emotionally um draining it was quite um it was quite sad to experience that as jack from his perspective and kind of hear some of the things he said in the episode but i think for me there were just some parts of the episode that just really frustrating because it it just it feels like again we're stuck in this veneer of the pearson family and their 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 kind of self-centeredness like the way that they operate has to be just accepted because of the things that they've gone through and how they come together to protect Kate and all of the above. I didn't like watching some of those scenes. I didn't like the way that, um, as we'll go into later on in the episode, certain conversations were had and, you know, certain things were said and I just thought they were slightly unfair. Um, So yeah, I just kind of, this episode was good because it got an emotional reaction from me. It got me kind of, it made, as a result, I felt quite frustrated. I felt quite um, confused and anxious as I was watching it. So that's the makings of a great show, of a great episode. Um, and there were just like little things that happened in between. I'm trying not to spoil it as best I can, which is why I keep stopping and starting. But there were little things that happened throughout the entire um, episode that I think were just timed perfectly and they didn't need an explanation. Um, and in writing there's this thing called like showing versus telling and I feel like there's like a cinematographer or like a a film or tv show version of that that they use to kind of explain why the series of events led to the thing that happened in this episode really trying not to spoil right now um but yeah it was a it was a good episode frustrating but good thank you for your restraints (laughs) I I could see you were trying listen Um, where do we want to start should you start with the most minor storyline, Kevin? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I liked Kevin's growth. I liked it. I liked the arriving at the door, ringing the doorbell. Boundaries. I liked the... But then again, there were boundaries. And then he, you know, so he arrives at the door and he's talking to Randall about how he's a changed man and all this stuff. Like Randall's looking at him like, okay, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um... It's so funny because Randall's just showing up as just healed. Yes! <laughs> like, yeah. like, he's just showing, yeah. up as, he's showing up as healed. He's showing up as like, hmm, okay, like, <laughs> this is what's going on. Okay, we're just going to just go with it. Like, here's what it is. Um, yeah, and then he goes to Madison's house. And um, there's a lot that Kevin has to learn um, in this. But what, what specifically do you, do you think about his, um, his storyline? Kevin's? Yeah, Kevin's storyline this, this episode. Um. I think, I think it's gone to the point where, you know, a few episodes ago, I was saying that when you get to know someone, you kind of start to understand nonverbal cues, or at least you kind of um, 
start to see people do things like, okay, I expected you to kind of do this in this moment. I feel like there's almost like a, there's almost like a fear when it comes to Kevin that he's going to do something that he'll regret and kind of watching the storyline. There were like moments where he could have easily slipped into old habits and instead he took a step back and kind of moved away from what he would have previously done. Obviously with the help of Randall, like how you, you're a grown man and your phone's getting slapped yeah, that, out of your hand. That, that is the bit. Like, <laughs> are you paying for this bill? What do you mean? I'll be standing there saying I need to speak to Apple Care. What do you mean? But also, Randall had that happen to him last week, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like... Okay, go on. Finish finish your point, Eden. No, my point was just literally, I I enjoyed kind of seeing the growth. And as we come towards the end of the season, um, although I'm refusing to accept that the show is ending. So um, I haven't said this. Alex and Toby have said that it's ending. I refuse to accept the fact that the, <laughs> the show is ending. Show creators um, said... So ne- see, see you guys next season to everyone that's listening to this podcast. <laughs> And this is why we slap things out of people's hands. Listen, <laughs> you, people like you <laughs> will be causing people like me deep <laughs> aggravation, and I'll just be like, move on. <laughs> you will see me on those sites where they write fan fiction, just right just in the next season. Going. Listen, I'll be out there talking about Kevin and, you know, right, Baby Jack's life. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, Robert De Niro playing Baby Jack is season 32. Like, you know, sometimes yeah. we got to make it up to continue the legacy yes. and the dream. Some but long, when it comes... Some long-running soap like he senders. <laughs> listen, man, make it a tele- telenovela. <laughs> like, listen, sometimes you just got to enjoy. But with Kevin, I feel like um, we're coming to the part where we're seeing all of the lessons that he's learned. Um, and, you know, there's still... Nobody's perfect at the end of the day. Um, he had a few opportunities to really step back into old habits, but he didn't. And I just really appreciated the fact that he was quite patient um, with himself in this episode. Like he could have said certain things and I was expecting him to say certain things to ruin certain moments, but I'm glad that he didn't. So yeah, that's what I have to say about mm. Kevin. Okay. Um, Marquise is in the room. Yes, he, he just, he just with, slid in. With a fresh cut. Just to a say. Fresh, a fresh cut. And um, a beige jacket. A beige jacket. <laughs> You see the green? We here. We here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, full teacher, Sunday pastor vibe. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's giving. It's giving. <laughs> Marquis said, our God is an awful God. Uh, uh, awesome. Uh, awesome. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I said awful. <laughs> awesome. My bad. My bad. Good <laughs> 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 Uh, today's your day. Oh, <laughs> uh, great. Now we're banned in the southern states. <laughs> <laughs> now we're blacklisted. Oh. Podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we're just uh, on, we just finished John Eden's point. Um, he was just talking about Kevin and how he's afraid that he was about to um, uh, mess up uh, something. So we're going to hold there very quickly. We're going to come back to Eden. But, um, Marquise, I'm done. I'm done. By the way, I'm done. No, I just want. Yeah, I want. I want to comment on what you said. But um, Marquise is. He's gone again. Not in the, not in the frame. He's there. Vision. Oh, okay. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my door. They started vacuuming outside. Oh, we didn't even oh, okay. hear it. Don't worry. We didn't even hear. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get your overall uh, perspective on the sh- on the episode, uh, and we just um the the bit we're starting on is um, Kevin's. Kevin's storyline. So we're just going. Toby said it was the minor, the minor storyline. So I don't think I have anything else to add. 
So that yeah. Was my <laughs> uh, look. Um, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. I like what they did with the direction of the episode because they had one of the those shots. Some of the shots they took this episode, I said, "Nah, this framing is crazy." Particularly the last one between the big three and Toby, I said that one was fire. Um, but overall, I thought this episode was actually super well done, and I liked seeing how family can rally around each other in different situations. Um, yeah, and then I love that, and I'll talk, we'll talk about it later, but like that tender mo- tender-ish moment at the end with Toby and Rebecca and baby Jack. Yeah. Yeah, um, which I thought was super interesting to see her dynamic. But you know what, out here, not, other than that, I love the comedy in episodes. I said, go ahead, Rebecca, you're little nasty ass. I like, <laughs> yeah, y'all like nasty. Um, yeah, and then for Kevin specifically, I said not Kevin always been a brat this whole time. <laughs> like, ain't you a, ain't you supposed to get your life together, sir? So even as a young kid, you were still. Sir. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> as, an adult, as an adult, I also appreciated the fact that um, he was able to start having a certain level of acknowledgement as well. Um, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, for me, with Kevin, um, I mean, I called it minor, but I do think it's in important. <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Oh. Could... <laughs> we just we're just saying which side of Marquise is coming out oh, right oh, now. Right. This this side of Marquise oh, is coming. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Go um, ahead, yeah. yeah, no. Um, yeah. Sorry, those are those are my thoughts. I'm just Kevin acknowledges himself, felt a little bit more tolerable, and I'm happy to see how he dealt with Madison as well. I was like, I'm happy that he did that, but I love that Madison was also able to be like, you're still gonna be in my life no matter what. But this is just the moment that we're at right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I'll just keep it quick with Kevin because I'm just really tired of him and I just I don't think I'll be able to deal with another Kevin centric episode. And I probably sound hypocritical because someone will pull up recordings of me being like, Oh my god, Kevin's grown so much, I love him, but he's just the most frustrating character in the history of television. And just this week, yes, there was growth, but it was just like can you grow grow some more? Or, or actually do you know what there wasn't growth actually it was just like this is where you grew to last season um so yeah that's kevin <laughs> you know uh, no eden is a kevin apologist you saw how I, he looked at the distance like, I, I used yeah. to be i'm just tired and it was just like why are you all up i love how kevin defends and how loving he is to his the people that he loves right but it's like what's your business with madison you don't love her leave her alone um and these these are conversations that yeah he just looking at me funny because it's the mother of his kids what do you mean leave no, her alone? no leave <laughs> her alone like walk away and move <laughs> to the mean? i mean leave her alone romantically <laughs> but he has mm, he now yeah. barely but yeah. now he has because Randall because because Randall stuck the yeah. phone at his hand. That's why. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you sometimes, got people around you that got to remind you of yourself. But you're like, but you, but you said, oh, why are people stuck their phones at people's hands? Like, you know, what I mean, you know, and then yeah. I'm just like, and I'm just like, yeah, man, stop the phone at people's hands. Yeah, because I feel like I, I really, I really enjoyed that, like seeing that because it's that block, just kind of. I think we're at a point with Kevin where he's actually seeing 
the things that he does mm, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and and having that and having that kind of played back to him was really pivotal f- like for Randall Riff just saying to him that the trajectory of where that could go sending a self-destructive text to your ex and then mm. you just get yourself in hot water and then it's just a problem and then you've got this thing going forever forever amen <laughs> um and and it's just like you know what like let me just I'm just gonna box the phone at your hand because you're moving mad <laughs> and I gotta take you I've gotta take you on you I've got to take you specifically on this long drive because you're causing issues over there yeah. mm. and that we and like you know what I'm saying so I'm just gonna be, I'm just doing this because I'm just trying to keep the peace in my mm. life and I'm happy to drive <laughs> so that's basically what yeah. Randall was saying um but I liked the fact that um you know I didn't like the fact that Kevin went like barged in on Elijah like that I feel like there was still that bit of that weird element of ownership yeah he's he doesn't like, he's not using the key to the house but he still has access to all the rooms um it was a bit like oh where's Elijah he's in the room okay I'm gonna go do you want to say hi to Elijah because uh, you're like you're presenting this excitement about this new way that your family is and it's a bit like chill out Elijah's in the room you need to see Elijah it's actually fine <laughs> Elijah will come out you know what I'm saying call Elijah from the call Elijah from the foyer from the foyer from the front door sorry just be like Elijah yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean like, where you at Eli honestly I thought that was I thought that was honestly just a cultural difference because I'll be yeah. honest like so, you know, lazy. yo bring your ass call it a day <laughs> yeah. after him, I said not you don't live there anymore why are you run up in her house in her room like that but also, I was just like, Elijah, it's been six months. Why are you all up in her room like that? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I, was saying. I thought I thought, dude, I thought he was going to walk in on him doing something a bit like deviant, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was a bit like, so I was a bit like, ew. But um, other than that, yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, I liked that interaction, you know, the kind of, the, basically, Kevin had to go in there, be confronted with that, to then confront what he needs to confront. Yeah. The, the reality of what happened, the reality mm-hmm. of where life is at the mm-hmm. moment. And I like that. And I like that happen. I liked that that happened because that could only happen to Kevin in that way. Yeah. Because <sighs> yeah. Kevin has to be ahead of the game in order for him to process what he needs to process, right? Mm. Rather than being shocked at one day Madison saying Elijah proposed and then he's like spiraling. <laughs> yeah. Now he knows when Madison tells him. So he, but he's not revealing that he knew. So it's kind of like, okay, I knew that this was things. So I God, can't be the shocked. The bar is on the floor. Exactly. It's very much on the floor. Oh, well done, Kevin, for not spoiling the proposal. That's what any human would like, like the bar is on the floor with but, Kevin. But we know applauding this it, man for basic But we know it's Kevin. But we know it's Kevin. But it's Kevin. How many you know times? What I'm saying? Obviously other people that's a bit still, like that's still not but it's Kevin is not a valid excuse. Now the one part no, that but we know like, what Kevin's I, history I, has I, been. So I'm we know, know that you know what I'm saying. However, you know, we have our episode he doesn't know how to read the room. Kevin also doesn't know how to read room because he'd be dry snitching on Kate every single time. Because when yeah, he's yeah. snitching with Toby and she goes, what are you laughing about? Oh, you know, I'm just trying to make her feel better. Boy, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. I said, are you dumb? Because you just caused another argument and you're the catalyst for a couple of them. Okay. Know your place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just... Yeah. And I don't know why that got awkward when I said I was laughing at the doll. Like that's literally what I was laughing at. Yeah, <laughs> they're dumb. So true. The goal is weird. Like, <laughs> haha. <laughs> like, <laughs> I noticed that they just just as an aside, I noticed that they they brought back a lot of the um, childhood names 
like that childhood names in this episode. Katie Girl, Bug, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, Rebecca was calling Jack, baby Jack Bug trying to, when she was looking for, you know what I mean? And, and like, you know, when Kevin was messing with the dog, he was like, Bug! <laughs> and all this stuff, you know, but, and it's, it's those little things that, you know, when you're older and you've got history mm. that you that you kind of bring up, and it's like that kind of remembering, I was like, I knew you went. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that kind mm. of stuff. Um, anything else you want to add, Eden? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I fan think, club. <laughs> I, listen, here's the thing. I understand the criticism that Kate, that Kevin receives. Um, I just kind of sometimes feel like there's violence sometimes, <laughs> and I'm just like, Not why? Violence. Well, it's just something like I hear what you guys are saying about Kevin. I hear what you guys are saying about Kevin because he is going through stuff. Let's be compassionate. I was going to say he's a mess, but he's going through his stuff and he's trying to navigate his stuff. And unfortunately, as a result of that stuff, there are casualties in the form of the various women that he's dated and, you know, been in and out of their lives and all of the above. Um, I just kind of look at his situation at the moment and I'm, I'm, thinking you know what it's great that Kevin is at a point where he now is able to avoid some of the self-sabotaging traps that he would have set before and I think it's great to congratulate him on that but at the same time I hear what Toby is saying about the bar being on the floor but then again it's his stuff so I just kind of just sit there and I think you know what we can do both like two things can be right at the same time um but I, I, I'm not his fan club. I just I want to I want to just put that out there. I'm not out here standing oh, for Kevin. I'm just saying, let's be uh, fair. We can we can run those episodes back if we want to start. Eden, I'm gonna I'm gonna release apologist. I'm gonna release the link of the the KPFC run by uh, Eden. <laughs> What's the KPFC? Kevin fan club. Oh, Kevin Pearson Football club. club. Oh, fan club. I was like, what? <laughs> See, now he's trying to now he's trying to act, now he's trying to act like you don't know what he told me about the cases. I hold my hand up to say that because people run up the audio. I have said I love Kevin. He's the, it'll be re, it will probably even be exciting to be in love with him. Blah blah blah. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is wait, to me. <laughs> wait, I, I I don't recall hearing this. <laughs> you said mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like snitching on yourself. I'm just like, what? <laughs> no, 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 Kevin. Anyway, yeah, I said what I said, and um, <laughs> but I, I'm saying what I'm saying. <laughs> Toby, do I need to get my jelly? <laughs> not, not with Kevin Pearson. <laughs> I prefer Randall, okay? <laughs> like, Randall and all his intensity. I'd rather have that. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my stomach. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I was I like, know. Toby, you really didn't have to say this. <laughs> Toby, you didn't have to say anything. <laughs> I, like I haven't even landed on my point. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> I was drinking my water and I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Watching this all play out, and just like I don't understand what's going on. You know what? I've had a long... right. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Um, any more? Any more comments on um, Kevin? Any more admissions of love? It's best I keep quiet. Huh? Yes. Um, Marquise is disgusted. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Where to? Where, where do we head to next? Um, Rebecca and Jack's date. Rebecca and Jack's date. 
Rebecca could have went to get drunk. Mm. <laughs> Rebecca said, I will have everything one at a time. And I want that, and I want that, and I want that. She said, no kids, no problems, <laughs> no possibilities. Um, yeah, I liked, I, liked, I liked their little date. It was cute. <laughs> their little date. Why do people do that? Uh, ten, ten with, years. Your, with your little boyfriend, <laughs> with your, your little, little girlfriend, your little friend, your little job. <laughs> they do it when they want it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> sorry, I was so sorry. Oh my god! If I had pearls, I'd clutch them. <laughs> I was so sorry. It just fell out um, of my mouth. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> sorry, it just, it just, I was like. <laughs> I'm like Toby. Toby was <laughs> drinking tea as if she was as if she was on a sober flex. You know? <laughs> um, nah, I, 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 you know what? It was it it was interesting to kind of see the setup because it really wasn't much. It wasn't so much about them. It was about the big three, about how they um, related to one another from a very early age, how they kind of fit their roles um, in in their dynamic kind of setting up um so is it so much about rebecca and jack's date or is it about um their how they're related to their kids um i think it was about his lead up to the kids and watching you know the big three defend themselves on their first night alone without their parents um a testament to what they would be like when they're older i also think that the date and the moment in the restaurant was used as comic relief for such an anxiety inducing episode because then we were moving over to um jack jr and his perspective with you know how he sees the world that was just terrible i just struggled so much every time it went into seeing the world from his eyes it was just really difficult for me especially because he's a baby i just got really like I, I honestly got emotional just every time like baby Jack was speaking and when we saw the world from his perspective. So I believe that Jack and Rebecca in the eighties. Yeah. But yeah, they were used as the foot, a footnote. Also again, proving to my theory that Jack Pearson adult, the late Jack Pearson is being laid to rest finally in the script. Cause honestly he didn't move along the script in any way, shape or form. Oh, it was just comic relief, point blank. But also, just also, I thought it was interesting because I assumed, but I said it would be too obvious. But I did. I was like, this episode will probably show us how Miguel and Rebecca got together because you know it's their ten year anniversary. But rather, the writers gave us uh, Rebecca and Jack's ten year anniversary, which wasn't that significant towards their marriage. It was just about their kids. So I think that's that's pretty much what I which, think. Which interesting. Yeah. Which this one was about as well. Their, her next ten year marriage marriage was about her kids. Oh, Alex, very interesting. That was, yeah. That was the that was the pattern mm. again, wasn't it? Mm. Um. So. All right. So yeah. So but I. You know what? What do you think of the of the little big three, and how they. How they threw my guy in the yeah. cupboard. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a whole meet be like? What is it? What? How old are they? Five, for me to be thrown into the thrown into a cupboard and kept there and calling from with a corded phone. <laughs> Listen, they were the moving like kids next door, man. Just out here. All oh, I wait, was reading my head was Vicky, Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we have to, we have to get her out. Vicky got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I just I don't know how. I don't know. 
Look, all I'm saying is that we know who the smartest one out of the big three is, and and Randall is a criminal mastermind. <laughs> so if he had rather take anybody out or kidnap somebody in his adult life, yeah, man, you know who to call. Hundred percent. It was my idea to put the chair up against the wall. I said, not Randall running circles around these other ones. <laughs> yeah, but they had the idea. Listen, Randall, Randall, <laughs> yeah, Randall brought out the the ear pierced green suit, Randall from the alternative timeline. He said, okay, so you want you want violence? Here's violence. He said, I told them to do this. Yeah, he, he never touched anything. It was my idea to do that. He said, the idea to trap them, <laughs> and you can take what you want from that. <laughs> Man said, I spoke, and things happen. <laughs> I told oh. out of the cop situation. My hands was clean. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> uh, um, I, I had fun with that flashback, though. Like, I really did enjoy um, just seeing that. Because I said, one, this babysitter needed to be fired ASAP truly. Because I said, not you getting tripped. ASAP truly. Three, five-year-olds. You're bugged out for that one. That could never be me. But also, girl. Kevin was getting on my nerves, though. So I probably would have told him to shut up, too. I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to go to bed. I'm 834. <laughs> I'm just trying to get paid here. So we're here. But I, I didn't have anything like super. There was nothing really in depth for me. I was just like, I like how it parallels the situation that they're in now in terms of defending Kate mm. and how the brothers show up for your sister and also the other women. Jack wasn't able to see that, but the fact that um, Rebecca was able to be like, no, this is important. This is a moment I want to remember. Because we always have that recurring scene of the big three hugging each other. We always have the big three making sure they're looking out for each other in these mm-hmm. intense moments. So um, I like that that was the inciting moment of when that tradition started of these three sitting next to each other and sticking up for one another in those kinds of, in those moments that are most strenuous mm. for them. Yeah. What else said she? <laughs> I wish my siblings and I did that a little bit more. But we did. Because we, we lied to our mom a lot. Mm-hmm. She used to work shift we there's one time we had a mashed potato fight and we had to clean up as fast as possible because she sent our don't worry about it my older brother let me who mashed the potato (laughs) was it just on the plate and then mashed it was it you no so i had i had to do all that stuff yeah Mm -hmm. so i did that part because my older brother had to cook me i I wasn't cooking no meat however i could do some mashed potatoes as a kid however what i did not know as a six-year-old keith was to put some salt and pepper and some butter in that john and you know whip it up a little bit okay. and so we my brother said this is nasty and threw mashed potatoes at my face so i threw my mashed potatoes back in his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey your aunt is coming over to check in on y'all real quick da, 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 da. and we said oh crap so we had we used to call them like speed cleans we cleaned everything up so fast in our life yeah, and then if somebody were to come home be like yo what's going on here we'd be like we love oh. you this is, bring, this is bringing back so many memories of, of having of having to run as fast as we could when we saw them lights and pull what up into the, the drive oh, and oh. and you had to just you know you know with the curtains with the net we had curtains with nets back then yeah. and then the lights go flashing <laughs> out and then parents come in and they're checking you in your bed and you have to do that like you know, you got you, you, over. yeah yeah it covers you over your head and you're like and your heart is racing <laughs> but you have to try and slow down the breathing so it's like you're <laughs> You got to look up a little bit. 
Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days! So many times you got to run out of this. Yeah, man, you got to run out them stairs very quickly. You got to know them stairs well because if you That's try to right. keep one, you run in the dark. You're running in the dark. And you haven't the dark. got time to tri- get tripped up because that waste valuable time. time. Because if you get caught, because if you get caught once that once that once you hit mm-hmm. the door, go the jingle of the keys. No, no, no. Now that I'm older, I realize anyway. my parents definitely knew. <laughs> Because I watch do. kids do they, so they much do. rubbish. And I'm like, I just ignore it. Because I'm like, please, I want peace. I'm not going to call you up on everything I've clocked you do. But in my head, mm. I'm like, I see you. And I know what you've done. But when they say something cheeky yeah. and they think you didn't hear. Well, like, what did you say? Yeah. Nothing, auntie, nothing. I just said like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really, <laughs> think, they, they really think they're smart. <laughs> so oh, my God. Like, oh, God. It's like that video of that... Um that mum telling off her son and she's like recording herself and then like behind her her son puts her middle oh, finger yes. up yes. puts his middle finger up and she's like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that um just very quickly to answer both your questions Alex um in oh, terms oh. of the date was it more about them or was it about the kids I would say both I think um their relationship I can't imagine being a parent of triplets and one of them is adopted and you know, trying to address all of their needs. That must be extremely exhausting. So when you finally get to let your hair down and, you know, get to really spend time with your partner and, you know, at home, you're not, you know, being intimate, let's say, and you finally get the opportunity to, I imagine it must feel like a lot of pressure, um, which is probably why Rebecca let go quite a lot, um, quite a lot. You mean let go um, that night? Listen, sometimes... She's just got to enjoy it. No, I just want you, I'm going to ask you to curve, because I know where your heart's at when you said that. You said Rebecca let go, so you mean when she went to the restaurant to drink rather than her appearance. Her appearance? No, I'm helping you clarify. So this is proving my point, that you don't mean that. I'm helping you clarify so when people listen, they understand what you're saying by Rebecca let go. Oh, okay, let go. Oh, okay. Let go of I get what you mean, but I just didn't get the other. I don't get how the other one would have tied in. That's that's how I'm confused. But, but I get what you mean. My point, let that's go. Exactly know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, let go by drinking. Other than that, eating, eating you're still a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm baffled. But okay, um, your blind spots are showing. <laughs> so, with regards to the children, um, I can't lie to you, Marquis. I hear what you're saying about Jack. And not understanding, you know, this is the opportunity for the big three to learn to look after each other and all the above. But I do think it's important that they had a strong hand come home and say, okay, we understand that, you know, something happened with Kate and you guys weren't happy about it, but you can't be locking people in in like closets or all of these different types of things because your sister was upset. And, you know, as we get into the episode, I'm going to talk some stuff and people can feel how they want to feel. But when it comes to this whole defending Kate thing, I'm not for it. I'm keeping it 2 million percent. I'm not for it. I think that we need to let people have their agency. We need to let people be able to defend themselves. And I'm not for this whole babying people when they're adults. I'm sorry. I'm not for it. Two things. Yeah. No, not two things actually. It's one question to Marquis and Toby. Sorry, you two are down here. Okay. On my screen, um, I said A town. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Anything, Toby? You have two sisters I've or one two sister? Sisters, Just one one, two sisters, yeah, one brother. Marquis, do you have any sisters? Yeah. Are they younger than you? The oldest. She's the oldest. Yeah, they're four boys right up there. Okay, cool. Noted. Come back to that soon. 
Um, <laughs> right, so what is the... I feel like... Nah, this is a this is a tactile thing. Like this is um th- there's a plan. There's something there going on. Something's afoot. Something something's afoot. Something something's afoot. <laughs> Alex, do you have sisters? Yes. Yeah, once, yeah. Eden. So no sisters. No sisters for me. Oh, that explains everything. We're good. I got you, Alex. We're here. <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh. And that's why, that's why I said there's a plan here. Because Alex knows. You see, Alex didn't ask me. Alex knows <laughs> something, is, something is afoot. <laughs> Alex knows what, what he's doing. Anyway, Alex, what was your? No, no, no. I, I've landed. I, I, I was pulled up the car. It wasn't even like a landing. It was literally a pull up the car, <laughs> like how, like how Randall pulled up the car. <laughs> but um, I think is there anything else we want to talk about before we get onto Toby? Kate? No, I don't think any other characters. But I do think. But one thing I do like. One thing I did like. Okay, there's two like, like little minor bits here. I did like. Beth was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got some bad spirits on me. Sorry, the funniest thing that Beth said was when they stepped through the front door and um, Kevin said, you know, you didn't have to drive all this way down. And what did she say? She said something like, yeah, I said I that. Was, what did she say? She said something like, oh yeah, for, for 10 for ten year anniversary or something yeah, like that. Something, something like that, yeah. Something really shady. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we didn't have to, or something like that. I was like, yes, Beth. I think that she said something like, yeah, that's what I said. Or like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and she left the kid. The the, the girls are with um mm. her mom, and they would rather they would rather be with her and, mom. And you what, get the knuckle slaps. Oh, she said she said something very specific. They'd rather like get their hand pulled or some shit. <laughs> their, like their, that. their knuckles, their knuckles beaten or something. Yeah, I said. Oh, um, I found that really but funny. No, but they one still thing, Rashad off of the season. She they said, did what? Sorry. That, they kept Felicia Rashad off of the season. She said that little scandal you decided to have with those students at Howard and try to be a little apologist. Y'all, she's not coming back, but that's not serving mm-hmm. the day. But I do like that they, we didn't even question the fact that Felicia Rashad never showed up the she's rest not, of the season. She's living with somebody at the last season. She's kind of irrelevant for the, for the storylines at this I point, at this point. But remember, she was living with them in the last yeah, season. Yeah, she moved in with them. Yeah. So we're just not seeing it. But um, okay. she's not coming back then. I, yeah. Okay. Um, I did like the. I did like what. What I did learn with the whole Rebecca and Baby Jack situation is that is how much you can learn just by watching and observing and listening to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Rebecca really understood because she said that she had this. She doesn't. She wants to feel useful. I thought she said youthful, but then she said. I think she said useful. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't feel that that useful. But she, but just her sitting there listening to Jack explain his kind of his shoes when it, when he wears his shoes, what his shoes represent, and why he does particular things, um, and then you know his feelings about being scared about his mom and dad, whatever. That then ultimately helped Rebecca be useful in the moment when they were looking for him when Jack um, left, and at the point where Jack, you know, was. Um, We'll get to why, but he was left in his room and he found his way out of the house um, and to the park. And this is the bit that got my heart racing because I was like, I just hope that because we know that he hurt himself, but I just didn't. I wanted to know how he hurt himself. I think that that was my my big mm-hmm. concern. But um, so it was just two things really. It's like that kind of conversation that she was having with her grandson 
getting to know what he what he was doing the stuff that people tend to ignore the little things that kind of the everyday habits and those things versus also jack actually getting out of the house and um getting to the park um yeah i think that that was a really those are really powerful kind of kind of scenes and it, and rebecca being the one to find him was really was really important to me yeah i think i think it's also important to note like rebecca is a third party i think because of her being a third party in that situation she gets to remain a little bit more objective but clear. Of, yeah she's a lot more clear-headed Toby and Kate are in the moment, continually see arguing. It's my feelings. I don't have to worry about how this is necessary. Because when you think about it, none of them are really thinking about what does it mean for my kids to hear this all the time? What is that like to hear your parents argue every single day and you don't get to hear them happy? Kids pick up on that energy. I'm a firm believer that kids, we pick up on that kind of stuff. We know when a parent is not happy. We know when they're upset. Um, and so I think it was also, I'm glad you brought that scene up specifically because there's a beauty in being the eldest in the room because in theory, your age also equates to wisdom, but also you are ignored in a sense as well because you are older and then also being the youngest in the room as well. You're also, you don't know how to necessarily articulate exactly what you want all the time because as a child, you're like, I know I feel this thing, but I can't explain it the best way, but at least this Sorry, person who's been lived this. Much- Girl, I was not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, basically, somebody in my house, somebody's clearly shouted and it's come up. Anyway, don't worry about it. But um, I think there's something to say because they, even though they always say there's nothing like a grandma's love, there's nothing like a grandparent's love, they can always see you for you and take you out of a situation. So I think that kind of played on like the grandparents still will be there for a lot of people in order to save their grandchildren or at least, you know what, I'm a, you don't got to deal with your mom for a little bit because we know how that goes. So I'm going to take you for a little bit. Um, so I think there was something really beautiful in seeing the innocence and the tenderness of the eldest and the youngest in a space who were experiencing watching, like we got to watch the uncomfortability of Toby and Kate from Rebecca's perspective, because she doesn't like that they're arguing. And then also from Jack's perspective, who can't articulate exactly why his parents don't like each other, but at least they like each other when they're at the park. Like, I think that's so important for them to note because that's something I think tends to get ignored a lot. No one really thinks about what does this mean for my kid to see this? Like, that's that's so important, especially at his age because he's so impressionable. I think kids are the, they can, they pick up on energy and emotion. So like, to me, that was, it was necessary to see that dynamic, um, but also reminding them like, I can still function and I'm not completely useless. Cause I think there's also that moment of um, Rebecca just wanting to feel like she can do something, wanting to feel like she's still a part of the family and not just a burden. In this episode, she was the hero and we got to watch her let loose in her flashback. So I was just like, it's interesting to see the responsibility and wisdom of her then. And then also seeing her wisdom and foresight of how they would be getting older when she mentioned this is going to be their dynamic when they need each other. So she has a lot of foresight that we see as a young Rebecca, a drunk young Rebecca, <laughs> but also as um, a grandma Rebecca as well. So I think that I love the parallels of her having some of the best foresight mm-hmm. um, in the show. Yeah. So the dynamic that we speak of is basically when Kate's being, when Kate has conflict, Kevin steps in 
And then Randall steps in to protect Kevin, protecting Kate. And then maybe Kate turns. Then Kate steps in to protect Randall, who then is faced with a conflict. So it's like a, I don't know, a triangle formula that they have. Um, I know we want to talk. A triangle of codependency. Ooh, we love beautiful this stuff. Um, I know we'll probably talk about the sibling protecting thing later, but real quick, while we're on the topic of Rebecca, I think it was quite confusing for me to watch Rebecca um, be the hero, as we say, you know, figure out and remember small details. Because Rebecca remembered what Jack Jr. had said about the shoes, da-da-da. And I'll be honest, I was thinking, would I have remembered that? And I, you know my brain cognitive and whatnot is as healthy as far as I know. Um, and Rebecca's been diagnosed with, with her like um, cognitive health or whatever. Sorry, I, could, I can't remember what it was right now. I've forgotten. <laughs> Irony. Um, but it was, it was confusing just to land on my point. It was confusing to see her or maybe startling to see her sit there and not be able to remember the details that she needed to remember when she was filling out the form in the hospital. Because um, when I saw her with the pen and paper, I was like, oh, I think she can't remember the details. And then when she kind of like tactically hugged Jack, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny because she did not... Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin. Thank you, um, Kevin. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny because she did not hug Randall and then whispered to Kevin about that. I was like, ah, oh. yeah. And I think that's probably them showing the realities of her sickness that it would it would hit you in moments just after you had a triumph yeah but it had to but she had, it's so weird how the story kind of progresses because in order f- it, she went to him he realized that he had to take madison off as his emergency contact so that he could actually fully like kind of separate himself yeah. from her as well and then that was that was something that was really mm-hmm. interesting how that all kind of connected in itself so just to circle back yeah. to that but bring it back to your point um yeah yeah but yeah yeah just to say like just that small moment showed me the reality of that because I've not actually been able to I've not ever seen amnesia or sorry oh, sorry excuse me Alzheimer's or dementia in in real life so I've only ever seen it on television really, when people talk about how it could be quite startling, where everything is fine one moment, then it's not. Um, and this is Rebecca probably masking it right now. Um, yeah. Okay. I just found it sad, yeah. actually. I just found it quite sad. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, is the, is the, <clears throat> so the point is about Rebecca and her relationship to Jack. Her relationship to Jack and her, relations and her, and her per, kind of perspective in the whole it i think it was um mm-hmm. yeah essentially okay yeah. well I, th- I think marquise and toby have pretty much explained um the importance of wisdom in the room um and it seems like part of wisdom is allowing things to play out and not getting involved um and watching from a a perspective of um you know things are going to happen so we just kind of have to support where we can support but not get too involved and you know, with Rebecca, I liked the fact that she was quite assertive with how she wanted to look after Jack and um, she wanted to let people know that she's not, I can't think of a better word, but a vegetable. Like she can actually support 
her grandson in the smallest things of putting his shoes on. And I, I feel like that scene was really important because, you know, sometimes we look at the elderly and, um, you know, people who um, have disabilities and we just kind of think we need to do everything for them um, and we need to basically take over from them. And Rebecca just really wanted to, while she could support, you know, her grandson and show love in the way that she wanted to show love, because I think acts of service is um, really important to her. So watching that scene, I was just kind of like, or watching her scenes with Jack and um, Kate and Toby, I was just like, it's a, it's, it's a role we haven't seen in their dynamic, like fully up close because we usually see Kevin, Toby, and um, Kate going back and mm-hmm. forth. We do see Rebecca kind of come in sometimes to their dynamic, and it's usually Toby and Kate trying to figure out how to um, either break news to Rebecca about her not being able to babysit Jack anymore, or um, you know some hard conversations that they've had to have. But what we're seeing now is Rebecca's been a lot more assertive with the fact that yes, I have this thing that's going on at the moment, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to love my family still in the way that I want to love them. And I think that's just really important. I think that was really important to see. Um, And I liked the little touch of um, the nurse, not the nurse, the hospital scene where she was signing the papers and she, you know, had a hard time remembering all of her details and everything. I think that's important. Um, because at the time she couldn't say that I imagine to the staff at the hospital because then they might see she's unfit or they might assume she's unfit to like you know help Jack and all of the above so there's that wisdom again of waiting until help shows up so yeah I was interested in dynamic and um, I like the relationship that her and Jack have Um, did anyone else get kind of like a weird it was like a very kind of meta situation where Rebecca was yelling out Jack's name and I was just like I wonder what this is like for you like saying Jack and being so emotional about Jack and trying to find Jack like what is that like for you as a widower of Jack like widow a widow sorry um of Jack actually widower listen bun this English (laughs) widower of Jack um I so yeah, I actually, on, <laughs> on your point, Eden, real quick, I thought this, because we'd seen her walk around alone and running and quite distressed before, and that's when we realised that she was unwell. Mm. I was really afraid in that moment, because she's running, screaming Jack, that she would get very confused and like think that she was maybe back in the 90s looking for her husband. And so I thought it would be that moment, but rather... It was her like using like cognitive ability to be able to figure something out that nobody else could figure mm. out. Um, but I, that stressed me out because I was like, please let this not be a moment where Rebecca goes missing or something happens, you know. Did anyone else feel that? It's a, no, it's a huge risk because she doesn't even know if she's right. All she's doing is trusting the fact that Jack said that he wears those Wellington boots to the park. That's all she's trusting. That's all she's. That's all she's trusting, and that's all she's yeah. running with. Literally running with. So yeah. it's a bit like. So it, it's like. It's like she. So you know what I mean. And I, I, the way I was thinking was, you don't even know if you're right. You know, you know when, I don't know if any of you have ever lost like a small person yeah. or yeah. been or being lost as a small person. Yeah. 
um, when that having that feeling of trying to find mm-hmm. them, and then you're like, okay, so where could you know all the all the scenarios that running mm-hmm. through your mind, all the scenarios are running through your mind. So you're running and you're literally running to the place. You don't even know if they're going to be there, but you just hope they're going to be there and I think that that was such it was such a really it was a really interesting thing um to see and I feel like she kind of would have felt really vindicated I would have thought that she managed to get there and find him and seize her and then be able to make a decision and make action take action for the fact that that was something that they could do Um, because Kate wasn't even behind her no one was behind her but she just she just bought it off to the to the place and I think that that's something that is really um that's really interesting but I was so scared because obviously Jack had never gotten gone as far as that mm. to the stairs to know that the stairs were there you know you just think park safe place mm. run through it and then it was like things like Toby saying shouldn't he have his stick actually you know wait even when they left the house he said shouldn't he have both sticks or something and he's like oh no he needs one so he can do it but it's also like when he dropped the stick I was like oh now this is his kind of not lifeline but this is his mm-hmm. extended kind of extrasensory stuff mm. um and I was just thinking because I was thinking all right I was just I was just waiting because I said to myself I know he's gonna hurt himself I just want to know how when he crossed mm. the road I was like oh my god please don't let it be a car um you know what I mean just all these all these things so yeah I mean it was a big gash in the head mm. you know uh, like it could have been worse but nobody ever wants nobody wants to see their child having to get stitches in their head. So oh, a child in general. A child, yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I thought it was um foreshadowing when um Toby said that electric cars are silent. I thought that was kind of when he was crossing the road, when Jack was crossing the road, I thought, okay, we're currently seeing as the viewer behind Jack's eyes that we're seeing his vision at the moment or like thereof. So when he kind of gets to the pavement and he's just about to cross, I'm thinking, okay, we can't see anything right now. But when he's crossing, is there a possibility we might just, you know, get knocked over as a result? And then it kind of, we have to figure out what happens there. But I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because I feel like that would have been a lot. Um, that would have been quite traumatizing um, for the whole family. I feel like, you know, falling down the stairs is still major. But if you got hit by a car, that would have been a completely different scenario for like social services and like police Mm -hmm. and all of the above would get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was a very kind of almost safe way of saying, you know, you let your child out of your sight. And as a result, he he came to harm. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't a car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else to add? So let's talk about, Waiting for the gate to click, Toby. Unlocking doors for toddlers. Me. Kate. Yeah, what did I do? <laughs> sorry, I keep going. I, sorry, I get sorry, confused. Sorry, no, yeah, I don't even know what Toby's actual surname Damon. is. Damon anyway, is what it is. Oh, okay. Um. Um. I think. Um, I said in my mind, I wanted it to be Toby's fault, <laughs> and then I was like, actually. <laughs> Like it was, it's, it's actually when you think about it, it was like it was all of it was both of them, both of them are cause of problems, but one had relied on the other to do the other thing. 
You see what I mean? What do you mean? Is it everybody doing their job? <laughs> like, what's what's the thing? What's the thing? Just for clarification, Toby should have waited for the gate to click. Obviously, they're preoccupied with something else, so that's kind of like neither here nor there. Wait for he should have waited for the he put Jack in his room and should have waited for the gate to click because that's something that should have been primary concern number mm-hmm. one. Kate, obviously, assuming that the gate has been clicked and wherever Jack is, he's safe, didn't lock the front door when the man came in. So. Again, she's under the assumption that the gate had been locked, I guess, on, in the back of her mind, because that's what she does, because she lives there more t- more time than Toby. So she kind of just knows that that's her process. But again, that doesn't mean that she shouldn't have locked the door. So if, But they're both relying on other pe- on each other to have done the thing that they're supposed to do. Mm-mm. So Toby is thinking, why would, why would you not lock the door? And why would you teach your son to open the door? Mm-mm. First and foremost, and then Kate's like, "Well, if you had in my head, I was thinking at first, I thought, okay, so Toby didn't lock it. That's why he's that's why he's free and running the streets." But then it was like, "Oh, uh, Kate." Then I was like, oh, "Actually, Kate didn't keep the door locked." So now here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you? What's, no, I'm just, I'm just, Toby's just, Toby's just, Toby's just eating snacks here. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to finish. <laughs> no, no, yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. else really to add. I'm just kind of presenting the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, go on. How do you know I've got something to say? Oh, Toby, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Eating a Bombay mix. Just like... <laughs> um, I hear you, Alex. And I actually did think that as well, especially when you see that Kate hadn't locked the door, the front door. But the fact of the matter is the system in their household is the latch on the child's door needs to be closed irrespective of if the front door is slightly ajar wide open firmly sharp that latch needs to be sharp because it's not about the front door so yes Kate happened to have left the front door open which she should not have done but it's not about the front door because anything else could have happened in any other room so if the latch was undone in the bedroom um, Jack Jr. could have walked into the garden where the egg thingy was he could have walked into a flooded bathroom because the house is a, the house was a hazard. He's part of me is almost like he, maybe he's even lucky he went outside because the house was a hazard at that point. Um, he could have done anything else in the house, um, even as a child who is sighted. That child would have put themselves in danger. Two year olds, three year olds that are left unsupervised do anything and everything. So that latch really just needed to be on that bedroom door. So I'm not, a part of me wanted to be like, oh yeah, but Kate, blah, blah, blah. I think it was done so they can kind of like have that argument like, well, if you had locked the front door, the latch needed to be on that bedroom. Simple. Eden. But the fact of the matter is all of those could have, should have, and would have didn't happen. Like we can say, for example, that Jack, could have harmed himself in the room where the gate was anyway that could have been a possibility room is, is, it's a safety thing like I believe the kind of parent that I know my Kate to be that room would have been safe and there would have been no issue that's why the latches on that on the room would have been baby proof toddler proofed. like most parents do actually when they leave their children in a room that room is baby proof toddler proof there isn't they've thought of all types of possibilities like 
places where that child can't climb like I've literally watched my friends be like this change up their house and there will be certain rooms that they'll leave their child in and it's it's been proofed yeah I hear that I hear that with regards to like especially having like a a blind son as well I imagine you're correct in saying that Kate would have child proofed that room I don't think it is fair to completely put the onus and I don't know if this is what you're saying so correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think it's fair to put the onus completely on Toby in this situation. Whilst we can say the gate should have been closed behind him, we have to take into consideration that during the situation that everything was happening, what I was seeing was Kate was actually being quite crit- critical. Like she was, she was criticizing him quite a lot. And she was back to back saying, you know, lock the gate, do this, call this person, talk to this person. And we could visibly see that Toby was darting from room to room and he tried to, what happened there? It's like, this, like the ancestors just like, grabbed no, my like... what happened? <laughs> they grabbed like, your throat. Like Mama Oya was like, what are we talking about? Um, Not defending But no, master. we saw. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but we saw that Toby was running around the house trying to find where to put Jack. Like he went to find Beth and she was busy with another child. Whose child was that? Haley. Oh, yeah. Their yeah. child. Yeah, Haley, yeah. I was <laughs> like, where did that baby come from? There. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, she was trying to find somewhere to put Jack. And obviously, he made the mistake of leaving the gate open. Um, but I, I have to admit, in this episode, what I was seeing from Kate was a lot of passive aggression. Like, a lot of passive aggression. To the point where I feel like Toby... You know, Toby has his ills as well. Like, there were times where Toby was communicating in ways that were quite dismissive he wasn't really attentive to the needs of the situation um and I feel like in some scenarios it was almost like he was looking for a fight and I'm and I'm thinking specifically of the time when he walked into the kitchen and asked about what Kate and Kevin were talking about and you know was upset as a result of them talking about him behind his back but at the same time what I was seeing from Kate, and I'm not putting all the onus on Kate, by the way, I'm not saying this is all Kate's fault. I'm saying in terms of the situation, how I'm seeing it is Jack was in put in harm's way. I'm not seeing it as this is, let's blame this person or let's blame this person. I don't think that's the healthy way of looking at the situation. I think with regards to what actually happened, and I say actually because, you know, I don't think it's fair to say Jack could have done this in the house and Jack could have done that because the fact of the matter is, it didn't happen what actually happened is the door was unlocked because of a series of events that happened the gate was unlocked because of the same series of events that happened and all of the stuff that was going on inside of the house but it was it was a situation that was just you know it could have been controlled by locking the gate that is something we have to admit I didn't like the way that Toby was navigating the house as a result of trying to almost please Kate I didn't like that I didn't like the way that Kate was communicating her frustration in a way where she was basically ordering him to do things and him saying, okay, I'll do it. Trying to find ways to kind of get around the house, bringing up the plumbing again, all of these different types of things. It wasn't a situation that provided room for him to operate in a way that he clearly has done in the past by locking the gate. I think it's the dynamic. I think it's what's going on in the situation. And I think there needs to be context to what actually happened in that scene for me personally. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, I um, just wanted to respond to something you said, Eden. 
Um, so I'm not putting the. I'm so glad these are fictional characters because you can really say how it is. But I'm not putting the blame on Toby for what happened to Jack Jr. But if we're doing latch versus front door, it would be the issue was the latch. The latch. But when it comes to as parents, I wouldn't say that it was anybody's fault. Um, I w- sorry, I wouldn't say it was um, someone's fault more than the other. And I think Toby and Kate kind of knew that in their argument because they were, it wasn't about who parented better it was like as two people the fact that you're not gelling is impacting the way that you were able to look after your children if it was um toby and kate of yesteryear i don't think that would have happened because you're right kate was passive aggressive and part of me feels like not that toby didn't latch the door that didn't latch the thingy on purpose but some he he didn't do on purpose it was a mistake but honestly if from my experience, if someone is nagging me about something, I end up not doing the thing. I don't know how to explain the psychology behind it, even though I know it's important to do it, and it's not that I'm doing it on purpose. But you're probably having anxiety. Yeah. Did I do this? Did I do this? So there's anxiety. But also, and the, now Toby's walking around, he's like, I hate the term man of the house, but there's an issue with the house that at a time, he was financially vulnerable, he couldn't fix it, and he's like, okay, and now stuff has happened, now everyone's in the house, your ceiling has dropped, it's all a bit of madness. Actually, I want to talk about a water metaphor, but Eden, I know you want to say something in response to that. No, I'm just going to say I'm glad I'm glad we kind of agree with regards to not seeing the situation as anyone's fault in mm-hmm. particular. I just want to make it clear that I wasn't saying, or my intention behind what I was saying wasn't that it was latch versus door. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in the situation, there were a series of events that led to the latch being unlocked Mm -hmm. which you which you've Mm -hmm. said as well with regards to the passive aggressiveness and all of the above so well than i would be because you already know i point blank period was what was the root of the issue he did not latch the door (laughs) that's not the root of the issue though no no no, i know that's not the root of their issue the root of jack getting out was also like if you would have done this thing from the get-go and I ask you to do this over and over again because you really aren't present enough to make sure, like, did it, did that, did you hear that latch lock? And so for me, I'm thinking about when I had to babysit, I'm going back to those moments with my siblings too. And I'm just like, no, we had to be as thorough as possible. Now we can talk about everything else that was going on around the house, which serves as an external distractor. We can also talk about the fact that Kate and Toby are wrapped up in their world. But I'm, if I'm just talking about that thing and I'm just thinking about his safety and I'm thinking about just the kid's safety and knowing you have small children around, did you childproof before you took your eyes off of that child? No one's dying in that, that water and stuff. And I get it. We already talked, y'all talked about that high anxiety dynamic. Y'all talked about this stuff. But I do think for me, I was grossly irritated with Toby in that moment. And again, y'all added the context that they'll add. I'm just adding the part of me that was just frustrated and annoyed at that situation. And Kate acknowledged that you saw that scene where she went at the door and she realized it was unlocked. And she said, I fucked up too. She didn't have to say it to line, but she said it in her mind. We heard what that was. We saw what that was. But I, I still look at it as just like one thing led to the other. Toby, my boy, that was dumb. That was done. Which part was done? And that's all I. That's all I. Which part huh? was done, or Toby? 
not listening for that click mm-hmm. was dumb. I, <laughs> like, you know what's funny? To me, that's the I part that I said, but I don't. I wouldn't call it dumb. I'll call it just a mistake, a mishap. Like it, it does happen with kids. Like because as adults, we can yeah. make those tiny mistakes, but it's a huge thing when kids are around. And I see that more and more with like looking after smaller children and my friends' kids, and there's this anxiety that I get sometimes, even when I'm giving them a, a, a crisp. That seems like an ordinary task. I'm like, is this child chewing the crisp? Is this child going to choke? And I'm literally staring at them. Sometimes I have to open their mouth to be like, what are you doing? What's in your mouth? And those are really like tiny things. And yeah, you sometimes under your care, a child will do something so dumb. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't call the latch not closing as dumb because he's a grown adult. He knew it had to, he knew it had to click or whatever the sound. All right, so I won't mm-hmm. call it dumb. I just don't think he was being thorough enough in that situation. Yeah, oh, yeah but that's a fact. That's, yeah. that immediately need, knew, I'm going to go take care of the baby while y'all handle this stuff. The maternal instinct kicked in with Beth. Well, also, I, oh, sorry, that you, you're, yeah, you're good. You're good. But like, if you also, to me, there's also certain, there's certain levels of parenting as well. Like parents are allowed to absolutely make mistakes. I'm not saying that he's not allowed to make a mistake. However, Aside all of that, I'm just like, bro, you have a baby. You need to make sure your house is baby proof. If you know you are taking your eyes off of that child, ensure that this thing happened. And y'all are, like I keep saying, y'all already named the things that were going on around. So that's cool. For me, from this (laughs) viewer's perspective, I was absolutely just like, Toby, you idiot. Like you, you're, you miss, you know the grand gestures and the big things. But them little things that truly, truly make our difference could have risked your child's life. And that's the part where I'm annoyed. And so that's for me where I'm just like, that to me was not thorough enough as a parent and as somebody who was in a, that kind of situation. And it wasn't even that deep, for, to be honest. It really wasn't that deep. Your ceiling fell. You already knew something was wrong with it. However, in that moment, if I'm talking about that particular moment with not, what, not listening for that click, or not just being sure did that did it actually close? It genuinely annoyed me watching that. And aside from like my distaste for Toby this season and all of that, that part objectively bothered the fuck out of me. I'm gonna be honest. But I understand how it you know moves the story and does all the things. So this character moment just really bothered me. Other than that, y'all are much more empathetic towards this. Movie <laughs> than I will not be. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, and Alex, I apologize because I know you've been waiting to speak for a while. I'm also taking into consideration that Toby suffers with like mental health, right? And I'm just thinking how granular we're being with a a mistake. Like we're calling Toby dumb, and obviously you've taken it back and all, all of the above, oh, monkeys. Yeah, um, I, I just not thorough enough for my taste, but that's it. I hear you. I just kind of I think to myself like I don't know. I feel quite emotional just thinking about that scene i'm thinking of it from like an emotional type of place like i'm just like in that moment i as a viewer felt anxious because i was sitting there watching toby opening doors trying to find where to put jack and at the same time i'm hearing kate saying to him you need to do this you need to do that please look after this you know the ceiling is flooding through oh i thought you had this fixed you know make sure that the gate clicks all of these different types of things and i think in my own personal experience of when I get anxious and like the simple things of like making tea, for example, becomes this thing where, you know, 
mugs have gotten broken or like for example i've forgotten to do this or i've forgotten to do that it's the moment of blanking out that i feel like i'm empathizing with right now because the one thing that i've heard repeated quite a few times is you know wait for the click when you're in a state of anxiety sometimes you're just moving and that's why i'm looking at what's happening with toby with a different lens listen we can we can say that he messed up we can acknowledge that and you know that is the reality of the situation human being at the end of the day all of the above i think that from what i've seen with regards to um what was said between kate and toby i didn't like it and i'm going to keep that 100 and it frustrates me because i feel like what we're doing right now is we're coddling kate as viewers i genuinely feel like we're allowing her to get away with some things because it's kate and in this situation pardon me did you do the same thing with kevin what coddle kevin like oh it's kevin or was that alex my bad i didn't say that (laughs) no i didn't i didn't say that okay (laughs) But that yeah. wasn't that sort of my bad. I was, I, you know, I was in mode. I said, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't say that about Kevin. But oh, with, re- with regards to Kate, I feel like, you know, in this episode, she did some things that we need to talk about still. And I, I, I'll leave that to the later part of when we talk about the argument and the conversation that happened with, because I feel like that's the big part of the conversation we need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where we all agree is a mistake happened. The gate should have been closed. I hear you all of what you're saying. You're all correct. And I'm with you in that fact. I'm just saying it doesn't, it, for me, I feel like it, it's not being seen from a compassionate type of place when it comes to like Toby making this mistake, but maybe that's just me. No, no, no you're right. Cause I'm not being compassionate to that man at all because all of his mistakes that he had made were actually coming to a fold in terms of what Kate was yelling about. Boy, you knew that John was not fixed because you're not that thorough of a handyman. So it that ceiling was coming down eventually, which I like that they planted that seed. I like that they planted that seed because Toby didn't want to ask help from his dad from that because he said, I got it. And again, that was the emo- that was the monetary situation and all that stuff that was going on. But how many times are you going to say, I got it? And then when all of these things come to a fold and you actually didn't have it, like what happens when all of your mistakes come and they both, bo- not mistakes, but you're like, I don't want to call them mistakes, but when you wor- didn't have the foresight in those spaces, when you didn't, when you try to do the bare minimum job and put a bandaid over it, it's honestly, this house is a metaphor for Toby. Now that I think about it, you did the bare minimum, you put a bandaid over it. You didn't look for that click. You didn't think about, did you go back and look at that ceiling again? But at least, you know, we got it now. Right. And now you waited for all of this stuff. I'm not saying he just did that and it wasn't just on him to do that. But I think a lot of these things where he says, I handled it, I handled it, I handled it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. You are responding. You are listening to respond rather than just also internalizing, hey, let me check in again. Did I, did I fix this ceiling? Did I think about these water pipes? Did I think about that leak? Did I think about this click? Did I do this thing? And I know we're asking a human to do a lot. And I understand the compassionate space that you're coming from. And not also, this is just also for part of me just to be like, yeah, no, he fucked up. I'm, I'm not going to hold that compassionate tone for him because that's the viewer in that moment. I wasn't being compassionate. I won't be compassionate. I will be eventually, just not now. But um, I think in all of those moments, I was irritated because there are a lot of things where Kate is just saying, 
your because of your lack of physical presence, it's actually going to be damaging in the long run. Because right now, what I notice and the thing I'm really frustrated about is he puts a lot of band-aids over big ass leaks. And that's how Toby has been consistently operating for these last couple of seasons. Now these little leaks are now going to turn into a ceiling falling out. That's real. Now there's a literally a hole in your house. So absolutely. I think part of my frustration is really just because there are a lot of these things that were stacking up. And I would have been, I'm gonna be honest. I was probably that person where I said, I know I told you about that leak. I know I told you about that click. I know I told you about this job right here. And all of this, if you would have listened instead of had your ego up your, you know, it could have potentially been prevented. Now, is there a space of listening and honestly, truly listening to one another and truly acknowledging one another and what we are trying to say? Because there's a, that house is a very material thing. Absolutely. But I think there was a part where it was dismissed a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Kate is completely innocent. But she's been in a space, remember, these last couple episodes, I'm saying Kate has had things just happen to her rather than her actually taking charge, Mm -hmm. rather than her fully taking accountability. Y'all know I'm not, I do not like defending Kate. I do not like having to do it. But (laughs) in those moments, I find myself more and more empathizing with her as she finds her voice. But I Mm -hmm. also understand those parts of that frustration when you're in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Toby's a visitor at best at this point in time and it's not anything to say about him it's not anything to say about that but those are the very real realities of where you are at kate's living in that house you're not living in that house and so yeah you can think about and to me i'm like i think it's just a difference of a big picture looking person versus like i'm in the weeds of this a lot more so there's a sense of out of touchness that i think he's having and he can't reconcile they can't reconcile because they need to be shown up for in different ways. Alex, I see your hand. I'm so sorry. Um, but I was like, I, I, but I hear your point and I think your point's hella valid. I just am not in that space right now to give mm. him that level of compassion. But also I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I also don't have to deal with what he deals with because I don't deal with mental health issues like that or at least depression in that specific space. Mm. So those are the parts where I'm just like, you're speaking from a place that I'm not speaking from or you at least have a certain level of empathy that I didn't have in that moment so mm. i appreciate that perspective as well i'm just hey. not gonna be the one doing <laughs> no i, I i'm intrigued to hear what alex says and he made some great points as well there were some things that i didn't consider with regards to um you know kate living in that house and what that means for their dynamic and why certain things were important but i'm going to shut up now alex apologies um Sometimes passive aggression is necessary. Um, And the person that was being passive aggressive was Toby. It wasn't Kate. Kate was being very assertive in all of the things that she was saying to him. He didn't like that. And he he never asserted his anger until the very end. And he never asserts his anger until the very end of any of the past few episodes that we've seen. Because he's passive aggressive all the way up up until the end of the episodes that we've seen so far. Um, A large reason, a large reason for that is that it's not usually socially acceptable where the anger is not usually recognized, where where everybody else, if we think about the Thanksgiving episode, if we think about the, um, the San Francisco episode, 
if we think about this one, he has curtailed his immediate anger responses. Even prior to that, when Kevin moved into the house and all this different stuff, he curtailed a lot of his anger responses to be sarcastic, to be quite snarky, to be quite cruel, to be quite like mean generally. Um, and then he got his got to the end and then he released his anger um, and we saw it culminate in this episode to a higher degree than it has been in other in other episodes going forward i agree with what marquis said because kate's had a lot of things happen to her um and she's taken a lot of control and the one thing that she can control and knows like intricately and intimately about is her kids and she knows at her house because she's there and she sees it every day and she knows that when she's telling toby like yeah she's telling him yeah she's probably berating him about it but she's being maternal in those instincts and also she's being very clear that her ultimate and highest priority is the safety of these children and jack especially and if you can't get if you can't get that safety right that just highlights the gap and the stuff that is missing from like from toby with regards to his reliability to the family as it stands if we think about how when the patch happened in the kitchen and the whole and the kind of the leak was happening, it was going for a period of time where Toby didn't really like being around them. He didn't like having to be the present father. He didn't like it. And that showed up. But when it all kind of all comes to the comes falling down, because he said that, oh, he didn't get it done because he didn't have enough money. And now he does have money. He can afford to get a plumber. But he also had the help that he needed. But he didn't ask for that. So there's so many different things that Kate has kind of let go prior. And just been like, okay, I'm not going to go there because I know that it's a sensitive issue. And I, and I shouldn't bring it up. I'm not going to go here because I think I should X, Y, and Z. So we're looking at all of this. And so when we were talking about passive aggression, I was thinking it wasn't really coming in this in these past few episodes. We've not been seeing passive aggression from Kate. Kate has been very, very clear and very straightforward about the things that she is concerned about in any of this. And half the stuff she's repeated over and over again. And Kate doesn't like the fact that he's repeating over and over again to the point where he has to step away and avoid it. In order for in order for it just never to be revealed until the last minute when something catastrophic happens. Again, as you guys have said, it's not really about blame generally, but it's about the overall thing is around just the safety and kind of what that what that looks up, what that kind of brings up in the end. Um, so yeah, so all of that is valid from what I was listening to, from what you guys said, and I think that is super important that. Um, all sides are considered in this and we can obviously watch it and then kind of find and have all the sides um, I know that I personally would be annoyed that I've mentioned that the thing needs to click but you haven't clicked it but also I understand that we are human and when we're, when we're kind of 
frantic in a particular thing. There's things we forget. Um, but it did come up in the last in the last argument, which is where I want to go to next. If that's okay. Um, unless you have something to respond to. Um, I, just to round up on what everything that we've said, it reminded me of a quote from the episode when the leak first happened. Because I, you know me, I'll go back to watch episodes where something's been referenced because I always feel like there's a link. And um, when Toby was getting it fixed and he called his dad for help, his dad was like, his dad said something like, people only look out for the leaks when the water's coming out, but it's the pressure that'll get to you. And it just, even if that was mirrored in this episode where Toby said to Miguel, you know, make sure you switch the water off and, you know, that, that should hopefully fix the problem. But then the seat, the ceiling kind of like caved in and collapsed in. And he was like, Miguel, I thought you switched the water off. Miguel was like, I did, but obviously the tank had already been filled up. So the pressure from the tank caused, caused the issue. So what I think is happening or has happened is that there was leaks with Toby and um sorry I forgot her name with Toby and Kate there was leaks there was leaks like, okay yeah we'll try and switch the tap off now but it was too late because it's the pressure that got to them and I think despite all of our different opinions we've all agreed on on that kind of like notion I think that's fair to say yeah I just wanted to make one um point just before we move on Alex I'm struggling like I'm genuinely trying to look in within myself and I'm struggling to understand how you can say that Kate wasn't being passive aggressive. Like I understand the assertiveness comment. And again, for clarification, my point, and I don't know if you're responding directly to me, I'm not going to assume that, but my point wasn't that Kate has been passive aggressive for episodes like I'm purely speaking about this episode in particular. And for me, there were certain comments that were made that weren't about being assertive. Like, you know, the comment about, you know, you have this big job now and you can't afford to pay, et cetera, et cetera, is passive aggression. When you're kind of criticizing someone, it is passive aggressive. So whilst I can understand what you're saying about, you know, the fact that um, Kate was asserting herself and was saying, you know, I've told you about this thing. You haven't done it before. I'm going to keep saying it until you do it. I hear that. And, you know, when I was saying that before, I actually, I admit I was wrong in saying that because, you know, she had mentioned it before and it is important for the safety of her children. And I was actually, when you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, you know what, Jackie is, Jack is blind and if he walks around the kitchen and say the ceiling fell down that is a hazard that is that is a harm that is something that can cause harm to the children but I struggle because in one breath you say sometimes passive aggression is needed but then at the same time you kind of say that Kate wasn't being passive aggressive passive aggressive so I'm just like which one they're two different they're two different things sometimes some some sometimes it's needed as in, if you do not want to have an argument, a full-blown argument, like what Toby did not want to have at the point where he's taking Miguel's meats out of the fridge, he did not want to have an argument there and then. So he took his meat and he said, I'm going to cook, I'm, I'm going to go cook Miguel's meat. Um, he took it and went outside. Mm. That is passive aggression. 
I don't recall specifically what Kate said, but from what I remember was I thought was her saying, I thought you said you were going to get it fixed. At the time, I didn't get it fixed. I didn't have any money. Well, now we have the money. We should we get it fixed. That's the conversation that I heard. What are you referring to? What I said? It, I, yeah, because I'm trying okay. to I'm trying to I'm trying to recall that conversation, but I do. That's what I recall from it. Yeah, which is why I would, which is why I'm saying that when you're within that context, when you're in a tense situation, mm-hmm. Kate is very anxious. She wants, she doesn't want any of this to be happening, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's happening is because it wasn't done properly. Mm-hmm. in the first place and that just adds to the frustration of the whole context of what's going on with them yeah so it's coming up and she's already tense anyway because she doesn't she remembers she's made it clear she doesn't want to wake up every day and have to walk on eggshells and doesn't just want to have a good day and just doesn't want to have to argue and she just wants to yep. make sure that and i don't think either of them want to wake up and argue and as toby said he just wants to go in there and just be happy go lucky and da, 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 da. but it's just something just keeps coming up and, and mm-hmm. it is one of those things and it happens and when those two things collide in the one space with the physical falling down of their home mm-hmm. she's going to be like well why didn't she's not going to care about who's around her <laughs> which is why i'm saying that that wasn't even passive aggression that was just literally like wait you i've said, lost you i've lost you what do you mean people aren't around her what do you mean people she's not going to wait until people aren't around her for her to say you got this job why are we not why is it not fixed she's not waiting for that because she's in the moment of the thing falling down in front of her and that's in response to me saying well this is the context this is the example that you brought up of her being of her being passive aggressive and my thing is that she wasn't being passive aggressive she was being very clear about what's going on but what she said what she said i'm i'm acknowledging is that she's what she said was what she said in anger and frustration mm-hmm. yeah i don't think it was passive at all it was very much i'm angry and i'm frustrated you said that you would done you would do this you don't oh, i never had the money at the time okay so you have the money now and your big job so why is it not been fixed because you weren't here and that's okay. an argument that they've and that's an argument that they've had so that's between them so they know that that is something as everybody else has an idea about what's going on mm. but that's between them that argument is literally they know the they that's a subtext. They know the wider context of that. He's not there, X, Y, and Z. So she's been very direct with what she's saying to him. Mm. And that's not but, the point that I'm I'm not saying she doesn't have a right in what she is saying. Oh, I've never I never said she I never no, I, this, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not right. saying you're saying that either. I'm just I'm just saying for clarity that my issue isn't with Kate speaking her truth. That is not my issue. My issue isn't the fact that Kate is navigating the situation with, from my perspective, passive aggression. But of course, I can saying, be wrong. I'm just clarifying. I'm just, I'm just clarifying that it is that it's active. I'm, not, I'm just I'm just saying that what you what you're yeah. saying is passive aggression. It's not. It's active. She's being very clear and she's being very direct to what she's doing. That's all, I'm, that's, all, that's all I'm. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying because. And if I just, can ask, for clarifying though. Sorry. For, um, mm. Is it basically... is when you think about passive aggression, do you think about in terms of delivery? Who are you ask? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, um, I think in this context, yeah. I think in the in the in what I heard, and you know, I could be wrong in terms of what Kate said because Alex said that you know they, he recalls it slightly different. So, if it wasn't, maybe I'm projecting. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe I'm projecting. I, I would, in the no, situation. but I was just asking, like, because I know, like. 
So, Amanda, girl, I love you. Okay, don't yell at me. I I don't respond well to passive aggression. Mm -hmm. I don't. And to me, when I was receiving what Kate was saying, I did not receive it as passive. So all of what Alex said, when Toby decided to make that little passing comment and made his way out the door, that's what I thought was passive aggressive. What was the passive comment? His little passing comment of like, I'm not even going to talk about it right now. I'm going to go smoke Miguel's meat. Go out. (laughs) His conversation, even with, um, and he was a little bit more dismissive because, you know, our good says Beth knows how to read a room, but he's not even entertaining. And he's just like, but you stayed for your marriage. Like he's very dismissive. So I think Mm -hmm. a passive aggression can also be like, I'm going to make this not a remark. We won't be confrontational, but I'm going to make my ass out, but I'm going to keep going. (laughs) And so to me, that's the part that will like, if you want to see me go to zero to 100 real quick, that passive aggression piece is what say what you need to say. Mm -hmm. If you're not going to say what you need to say, keep it pushing. But if you're going to make a little allusion to it, that's, Something's not going to click. And then I'm going to get annoyed because I know that you feel in some type of way and you're choosing not to confront it. Mm. To me, that's what passive aggression looks like to me. So Toby's actions to me were passive aggressive. And I agree. Kate said, all right, we're going to get with this. We gonna, if the, I don't care who's around, but we're going to get with it. <laughs> mm. But to me, when he, was, when he makes his little comments on the way out the door, when he was making his comments, when he can't be direct, that's what I call passive aggression. Okay. Thanksgiving. Wild passive aggressive, wild mm. rude. What K say? You scared of our baby getting fat? Well, it's not. You know, uh, now you want to trip over your words. Say what you need to say, or keep it pushing. Mm. But that's to me what I see as passive aggression. So that's why I ask because I know some people. When I look at it, I'm like, you're not being directing your conversation mm. as being passive aggressive. Whereas like my roommate be like, Marquise, that tone that tone <laughs> so that's why i had it that's why i wanted to clarify because i know the way we internalize it can be very different and there can be different cultural contexts to like how we also take this thing or this is just us projecting too it could be yeah. anything oh i could or in the situation which i accept as a possibility i could be wrong and that's something that i kind of just accept i'm just saying it how i saw it and internalized the scene but yeah. you know with your explanations and taken into consideration Kate's experiences like I said I didn't take into consideration the fact that baby Jack had been could be running around the house with what's going on in the ceiling so you know there are things I didn't take into consideration so yeah cool and that's the point of this podcast now let's get into the meat of the situation not Miguel smoked me however (laughs) Alex where where are you going to take this conversation (laughs) that's the moment I was waiting for (laughs) so with your permission I wanted to take it to the um the 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 front lawn the front yard the scene now um i'm just kind of rounding up with regards to kevin kate and randall and how they kind of step step in for one another in this situation um yeah i think that this is kind of the bit that was a real kind of crux because we were just um brought back and forth with them when we went to the flashback and how they locked the babysitter in the bathroom and then they kind of go and Rebecca explained it what it was Kate no Kevin protecting Kate Kate protecting no Kate anyway some triangle whatever that was Toby please explain because I don't know Kate needing protecting Kevin stepping in to protect her without thought 
Randall having to come, come to protect Kevin from the way he's protecting Kate and Kate now protecting Randall from protecting Kevin from protecting Kate. Okay. So <laughs> complicated triangles yeah. around. Um, this last scene, this last bit, a lot of confrontations happen on the front, on the front lawn. I personally think it's trashy, eh? Because I think that we should be doing things in the back garden <laughs> and not the front yard for people to be seeing. Because there's people like me who live across the street that'll be like, "Exactly, give me a show." <laughs> what, are, what, what are them doing over there? <laughs> give me a show. I'm out here ironing the plants outside. Like <laughs> I have, I have been in my, I have been in my room. I live. In, I'm in the loft room, and I've been in the room, and I've poked my head out right. and, and watched people be shouting. Um, you know, in the street. So I was, I was <laughs> you know, I mean, out on the street, me and my family, because there was one very East Ender situation, and we couldn't hear properly. So we all just went into the front <laughs> garden, and I was just touching the grass and just watching. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was like, "Yeah, can you see these plants?" There was no plant, and we stood there for my ten. Dad, we had to see. My dad went. To, my dad went out to clean the bin. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was wiping the front of the top of the bin, looking this way. <laughs> I was <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> the front lawn. Okay. So what did you guys think about how this kind of how this showed up? First, let's talk about how Kate brought Toby outside. I think she bought. I know you said things should be in the back garden, so like the neighbors shouldn't see. But I think she put. No, that's just me. Yeah, you yeah, know, but shameful. But, but also, we do have that kind of like. You know, you don't want everyone to know your business. But I think she just didn't want her family to witness that moment because they were inside. Remember t- uh, uh, Jack and Rand? Oh my God, names today. Kevin. Usually the one good with names. Kevin and Randall, they they just popped out of nowhere in their big black Range Rover or whatever they were driving, the Jeep. Um, it's probably a G Wagon. Um, I think. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> I'm absolutely okay. not myself today. Let me just be honest. Um, <laughs> um, but no, anyway, I think that their argument was ugly. That front lawn has seen ugly arg- arguments. It's that maybe it's what's in the grass. I don't know. But it was an ugly argument. I do think that just like Randall and Kevin's argument on that on that lawn, unfair things were said, um, low jabs, things that were true and untrue things that were unnecessary, things that were said to win. Um, but things that both parties have definitely been thinking but never been too afraid to actually say. Because they know that once you said it, you can't take it back. And we know from the flash forwards that unlike Kevin and Randall, who were able to maybe a year later make up from that argument, we know that I think what makes it deeper is that we know that Toby and Kate are not coming back from this. We're just watching how it unravels. Um, the best part of that argument was how the siblings stepped in. Yeah. And that's my opinion, and I'm going to stick beside it. Okay. I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat. Now, I'll be the messy one today. I was ready for it. I said, say everything you want to say. <laughs> I don't, I'm not being emotionally intelligent in this moment. I'm being messy. I saw this for your, your listeners. I said, Toby, Toby, you want to sit here and take what Kate's about oh, to throw at you. The whole time. 
I said, you're going to have to deal with this. I said, Toby, that was a low blow. I like that. <laughs> but then when Kate came back and said, woo, 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 I'm not having my son live like this. You live in defense mode. I don't want my son living in offense mode. I said, I, I said, I hear you. I see you. Thank you for not trying to limit your son. She said, you only think about him in limits. And he says, you're too irresponsible because you think that he's limitless. And that's the issue. And then it was just a basic philosophy on parenting styles of somebody who has a sighted child. Mm-hmm. That to me, I was like, that is interesting because that's not a conversation I think we hear very often. I don't think people talk about the stressors of what does it mean to live, to um, raise a child who has some form of a disability or at least, an, a, not, I won't say disability, an adjusted lifestyle. We'll say that. I don't know what the proper, you know, politically correct thing is to say, but we out here. We got to do our best. But I think that was super interesting because I think that is a frustration that parents want to navigate and don't know how to, because I think it's also something that we've heard from our Black parents, if we've ever had that conversation of just like, I want you to be a kid. I want you to play outside. But also, I know the real dangers of outside, too. So I think in that meat of that argument was different parenting styles that were coming out and they were taking shots and jabs at each other. Now, do I also appreciate that her brother showed up for her the way she needed, they needed to show up for her? Absolutely, because I don't care who you are. You're not behind closed doors anymore. You decide to take an argument outside and then you decide to put your fingers in my sister's face. <laughs> I'm busting your ass. I don't know who you think. You're... I said, now watch your fingers, watch your tone. You ain't going to be, that's, and I'm real defensive about my sister and my mom. So I'm going to be very honest. I said, you, your tongue get out of pocket? I'm duffing you. And then you wonder why my mom has four big boys. She said it every time we grew up. I have four boys for a reason. All right, Toby got two brothers for a reason. Kate. And Randall ain't got no weak hip. We know Randall's strong. We know that man's muscular. So I said, one out of Randall, he said, <laughs> Toby going to sleep. So for me, and that's just me adding like a little bit of comic relief to it. I do appreciate, but I do appreciate and love that siblings are able to show up for each other because I do think that it's a larger conversation of like, yeah, this is, this is y'all's business. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be by, no bystander because you get too disrespectful because you think you're going to act with that, act like that in front of us. On top of that, you shouldn't be acting like that in private off rip. So now I'm already questioning how you actually handle these issues. You still a man talking to my sister at the end of the day. We ain't going to do that. So I think that's also part of it. So for me, I got real defensive in that moment because I said, oh, y'all not. You're going to say it again. Oh, okay. I thought so. And you can be upset because you feel like you're on the outside consistently. It's always been like this. Oh, I already know. It's going to be your siblings over you. No one's going to see it from my side. Because to me in that moment, Toby also retreated a little bit too. Because he said, damn. And that's why I said that ending shot where it's Toby the house, the big three, and they all showed up in the same order that Toby said, our Toby said, Kate needed defending, Kevin showed up, Toby already has some things going, because if I was Kevin, I would have duffed him before he even opened his mouth towards me, I said, think about it, go to sleep, and then also for Randall to show up, it was the same thing over and over again, Kate, Kevin, Randall, squash it, Handle this like y'all got some sense. You don't handle this like you ain't got no sense. Don't do it in front of me. Keep it going. So to me, I was really proud of the brothers for stepping up to defend their sibling. 
but specifically what does it mean for brothers to defend their sister even though and what are those boundaries look like too like how often do you want me to interject if it's like a minor argument here and there now kevin mind your business because you're both killing me and not softly like cool those little moments but when it does get to the point where now y'all are actually being rude and you're actually being disgusting to each other i'm sorry i don't care how much of it is your business how often this has been happening as a younger brother or even as an older brother watch your mouth i don't know who you're talking to but watch your mouth and your tone or figure out how you know how to talk to a person like you got some sense emotions can run as high as you want i'll still duff you but that's it that's just you know as yeah as as someone with younger siblings i don't have an older brother i always wished i did i think it's important to defend your siblings and you know it's wonderful that that day the big three have that dynamic and i won't hold them against it um there was something and i think you guys will be surprised to hear me say this there was something unhealthy about the way that randall and kevin defended kate hear me out i think it's important that they defend her but and i was like oh yes the big three are out they're here defending her then the credits rolled and i was like was it that serious for them to do gangbanging like that hear me out all that like married people have arguments and i've also on top of me believing that i should defend my siblings marriage is very sacred and there are conversations in marriage that should be between the couple um because then it just became an unfair balance you know i'm not on toby's side in this when it comes to whatever but there was three of them against him he's trying to argue with his wife yes ugly things were said between both of them but there was something i think where the boundaries have been crossed if toby started hitting kate but he wagged his finger he wagged his finger so that's when when the credits rolled that's when i was like actually as much as i love like the whole sibling defending stuff he did wag his finger yes his tone was off but was it that deep for them to interject yes it would be difficult for them to walk away but also i was like what what would i do and i'm trying to think i might i might just stand back but not say anything just so that my sister knows that i'm there because i don't want to say anything that because this is now a very vulnerable moment in marriage sorry marquise but this is very vulnerable moment in marriage in my head i would honestly be thinking i can say or do something that is so stupid that i'm the nail on the coffin so marriage is sacred siblings should look after each other there was boundaries i think that were crossed a little bit um and that i didn't notice until the credits rolled because the wagging of the finger tone off ah, is marriage i don't know maybe it shows how i was raised but disrespectful tone okay but to me i think to me the thing that annoyed the thing that bothered me and that and again this is just i think it's also projection you stepped into that watch how close that finger gets because i also don't want to be in that space where it could have been a bystander situation either because i don't know how far toby will go Mm. so at the end of the day if you decide because to me and i'm i'm stepping i'm stepping up you step in and you try something like that as a man absolutely not i don't ever step to my sister like that and that's just how i navigate yeah they're all adults and we can talk about their codependency but in some spaces, what does it look like for you to, there's spaces where I'm just like, nah, I have to step in for my sister. 
because right now this conversation is no longer productive. So at that point, and it was the physicality for me that took me where I said, nah, at that point, the brothers better step in. If they don't step in, I would have lost respect. And that, I think that's just coming from a brother's standpoint. But I'll let everybody else say their piece. But I, interesting take. Eden, you have this um, look on your face. Here's the thing. <laughs> I get the feeling that I'll have a different opinion to all three of you because of life experience. I feel like um, you all have a younger or a, a sister. I only have a younger brother. I don't have a younger sister. I have sisters, but it's not biological. Um, so I can, I can empathize with regards to what I would do if I was in a situation with any of my friends who I consider sisters in a situation like that. Where I struggle is what Toby brought up. When I was watching it, there was a layer of unhealthiness to this. Um, and for me, it was more so the fact that whilst I hear the fact that as a man, there's a physicality that you just need to remind yourself of. And I feel like you can't step to a woman in the way that Toby stepped to Kate. What I was seeing, I didn't get the impression and I didn't get the feeling that it was going to go further than the conversation. I didn't get that feeling. I, what I saw and what happened was a, a heated conversation between a hu husband and wife about a situation they've been arguing about for a long period of time. What I didn't like was the fact that at every juncture where there's been an argument and Kevin has been present, Kevin has jumped in. I don't think that is healthy. I don't think that creates the space for resolution, but also it doesn't give the other person, AKA Toby, the opportunity to express himself. And I have, I, I take issue with that because I feel like part of the, like we say that Toby is quite passive aggressive, right? And he doesn't really speak his mind. He rather kind of tries to avoid situations, probably dismissive avoidant or a fearful avoidant if he if of an attachment type. But my thing is, I didn't like the dynamic of Kate taking Toby outside because although we can say that Toby followed, he was invited outside in the first place. Kate is saying these things about, um, you know, Toby wanting a, I can't remember exactly what she said, but something along the lines of, you know, you, you, you want a, a, a child that can see, or um, I can't remember exactly what she said, something along those lines. And for me, that, that jab is something that I'm just a bit like, I mean, where are we trying to go in this conversation? Like, why did that need to be brought up? Whilst I understand, you know, whilst you're having an argument, you're going to say things that, you know, have been on your chest for a while, or you might just try to get a jab in all of the above because we're all human. We, we kind of react in the moment. I just felt like it would have been, a bit healthier to let the argument happen but at the same time two brothers are standing there i don't think toby's stupid the brothers were there i don't th think toby was going to get physically aggressive but at the same time we never know in these situations um and you know it, it could have blown up 
I just didn't like personally the dynamic of that argument not being fully fledged out. But at the same time, hearing what everyone has said, um, with exception for Alex as he's about to speak, I I do hear what you guys are saying with regards to seeing your sibling in a situation and wanting to kind of step in to support them as they're kind of navigating the situation. Um, and if my brother was in a situation, I know it's not the same type of thing, but if my brother was in a situation and um, I didn't like the way it was heading, 100%, I'm stepping in and I'm going to defend them. I'm going to make sure that they are okay. Um, but there's also a, a part of me that's like, let them fight their own battles as well. Like, I can't be there for every single situation that you guys have. Um, but then maybe the context of it, of Kate being a woman, is something that I also need to take into consideration and understand as well. I do think that what happens in this TV show is Randall and Kevin jump to the forefront and defend Kate in a lot of situations. Some of them are 100% justified. Like, um, I can't remember what Kate's old boyfriend was called. Um, in that situation where Kevin stepped in, 100% justified. Um, and maybe that's where part of that defense came from with Kevin and um, Randall. There are just some instances like this, for example, where I just didn't think it was healthy to kind of protect her in that type of way. Because it, to me, it looked like an argument. That's all it looked like. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. I don't know what Alex, Alex, your hand is up, sir. Um, yeah, that, those are really interesting viewpoints. Um, I think that so many things are said. I think that, um, from the perspective of an, as an older brother and older cousin, um, I think that seeing any kind of altercation with anybody who you are older than or are in, or are in some sort of sibling dynamic or relationship with um, go through that kind of deep emotional kind of turmoil. Um, I feel like you do have a duty to step in when it can when to kind of stop it from going too far in order for there to be like a level of peace kept. I think that with regards to Kevin going in to defend Kate and then Randall going in to defend Kevin defending Kate, I think that was imp- I think Randall needed to be there because that was important because there was already a, a context there between Toby and Kevin, and I think that it was just a situation of give me a reason, give me one reason why I'm not gonna why I can't punch Kate because I'm not gonna do that, I'm not gonna cause harm to Kate, but you are irritating me, and we're gonna fight on this lawn today. Because you and I, with we have you have we have been treading on each other's toes. We've been doing this dance for like however long Kevin's been in his house, um, and Randall had to come in to be like, "Yo, you're not going to hurt my brother. You're not going to hurt my sister. That's just not going to happen today." And I think that that's important. That there needs to be that that kind of that firm hand in there. 
um I think that the dynamic of the I think the dynamic of the of when it's when it's a man in that kind of converse, in that kind of argument with a woman, I think that's very important too. We need to remember that physical presence um and men expressing in certain emotions can can become quite violent um so that needs to be that needs to be kind of really considered even if the situation you know generally is a pretty is a pretty safe one it just needs to be considered um because anything can happen <laughs> again anything can happen when you're in that when you're in those fits of anger which again as we've said we've not seen him he reaches those points of anger and he's reached those points of anger at the end of each show and it's culminated in this um this kind of outburst as well and i think it's just i think it was really really fascinating to see um and important to see um, and I think that siblings, when it comes to this stuff, um, I've always had this perspective that siblings, you're the, like, you know, depending on how you're raised, depending on who you are, depending on all the other contexts that happen, there's no, not everybody's sign of siblinghood is the same. It's always that everyone's dynamics different. In my perspective and my experience, I've always been of the view that when it comes to your siblings, um, and then also in my case, I extend that to my cousins. But when it comes to my siblings, I they're the people that I have and I'm bonded to, and I'm bonded to for a long time. And we have added context of being of growing up together. And we have added context of so many other things that are there. And we literally have each other for as long as we are living together. Because there's an experience there that we have all shared, that we have shared, that is familiar, and that is the parents, that is either the grandparents, that are the relatives. Those are the things that we have shared, and I think that there needs to be a level of. I understand what Toby said about a person's marriage, the person's marriage, and I remember when I was at my cousin's wedding, and the pastor said, you know, keep your your marriage is your marriage, it's no one else's business what happens in in within it, and I and I and I did have a bit of a asterisk over that. Because then I was also thinking about, because I'm doing a lot of reading and research and a lot of uh, work, going into a lot of work with gender-based violence. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, this is, it's that kind of wording and that kind of legislation and that kind of um, ideology that creates context for violence to happen within the domestic household. And I understand where the pastor was coming from when he mentioned that and he said that. And obviously, um, there's an assumption that everybody's thinking in the same way but there's also this thing of when we see women who undergo domestic violence or under, undergo those particular elements of violence within the household and a lot of men too in some situations and children there's this whole thing of it's within the house we don't share we don't say it because it's our business it's between us and it is what it is um and I do think that those are the times when siblings or relatives, but siblings in particular, should be able to step in and say, look, I don't like the way this is going. Um, let's take a beat and have that and have that primary concern for a the marriage slash relationship slash situation, but also you have to make it very clear that you are on the side of your sibling. Depend and obviously if they are right, they're right. If they're wrong you kind of be able to have that conversation with your sibling, but it's one of the, it's one of those situations. You, it has to be a very, it's a very delicate one. Um, and I think that's very important to kind of acknowledge um, in that space as well. 
And I think that when, um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that was going on with with Kate kind of talking to Kevin about the arguments. That's a slight betrayal of their marriage. Um, with Kate telling Randall, like immediately <laughs> as he came, as a slight betrayal of their marriage, because now there's no, as you, as you mentioned, Eden, there's no position or time for Toby to defend himself in any of this stuff because they're automatically going to hear her side and that's it. But at the same time, you know, there's so many great areas and there's so many convoluting things. Just that my, my main thing is that from my perspective is that as a sibling, I'm on the side of my sibling until further notice. And even then, there's that level of that. Pardon? Pardon? (laughs) I'll I'll check you and hold you accountable in private. I'll defend you in public. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Public, but I'll be like, so what is going on? Because that is not normal. But I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have my sisters shouted at at the dinner table when it's Thanksgiving and we're in front of everybody. I'm not gonna have um something that I know that actively irritates my sister in the house, but you're actively kind of engaging in particular attitudes that are doing that not necessarily going to be like stop doing that in your own house i'm going to make you aware though in some way probably a bit more diplomatically than what kevin did because what kevin did was passive aggressive when that with that time of like you know you walking around with all of that da, 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 da. so yeah that was kind of um that was that's kind of where i'm i'm sitting with it really i just feel like yeah I think it's an interesting space because I think as we get older, as well as siblings, I'm seeing this with me and my siblings. And I think that's the part, <clears throat> as much as I put some, like, I was trying to be a little bit more lighthearted in terms of like, no, nah, I'm duffing you at the end of the day. <laughs> I think seeing people be put into those situations, I think, because you named the intimate partner violence. And I'm also thinking about the, I said bystander, because I'm also like, I'm not, that bystander effect for me, don't fl- I, I don't bang with it. Like if you, I'm going to say something point blank period especially if it's a sibling um especially if it's a man to woman dynamic as well um and it just depends on like how it really starts to show up and i'm also thinking about our characters as well who besides madison who else is kate really able to run to you know it's also thinking about does toby have friends that he can actually vent to about and who are if you know this family is as close as it is Beth tried to give you that space. If we're going to be honest, and she was just like, if you want some advice, cool. He said, that's not my lived experience. And you and you also were moving for your marriage. So you already told her that you didn't want to be part of this uh, uh, in a way. Um, so I think it's just interesting to see that dynamic because if Kate's people that she can work out her issues with is Kevin and Randall, I think it's still justified to have that. I don't... I don't know if I would ever necessarily call it a betrayal of marriage. I think it's just a human's need somebody to be able to vent to as well. I, there are things that um, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely vent to my sibling about this because whatever the case may be, I'll let you know, yo, it's cool after this. Now, sometimes siblings be like, yo, I'm, I don't want to hear about it anymore. That's real. <laughs> sometimes people just be annoying. And I think in the context of the Pearsons, though, I think there is space because I don't know how much of a socialite Toby is. We haven't got to that kind of 
we haven't been able to see him like around people that we would consider his best friends. And then when him and Toby, like Toby and Kevin had a moment where they were like, yeah, we're brothers and we really want this and we let's get into this. And it changed and that dynamic shifted because before a couple seasons back, Toby was glad he was like, I have siblings. But now it's different. So there are just spaces where I'm just like, you've talked to them before about issues you're having with Kate. She's talked to her brothers about issues she's having with you. So I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that all the way, because I think in the context of Pearson's, we know they ain't got no friends. So that's neither here nor there. Other than that, I appreciate y'all's perspectives. That was that was cool to like work out. Yeah. <laughs> Conscious of time. Um, so we just watch the trailer for promo for next week and then we can kind of round up. Is that good for everybody? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's let's do this. Eden, do your thing while we do this. Uh, yeah, please remember to subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, this is we at gmail.com. This is we podcast at gmail.com. Um, this is we podcast on all social medias as well. Um, individually, uh, Rational Anger, Yellow Cup Podcast, DATSPOD, and Time to Talk. Oh God, this episode is going to be called Kotobi. Lovely. Okay, let's go. Oh, wow. Oh, past tense. Hmm. Didn't see that coming. All right, they're dragging it. Yeah. Oh. I thought I thought that'll be it. I didn't see Toby being like, "Oh, yeah." I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't I see didn't that see coming either. Um, I'll be honest. I don't want them to drag this on. Like, they're ma- it's the fact that we know their marriage ends. It's not like you know when they kind of like longed out us finding out how Jack died. It's not the same. Well, anyway. <laughs> I feel like we're all I underwhelmed. <laughs> I'm underwhelmed. I hope uh, she's just talking to her boss at this point about her issues with Toby yeah. and let that be the moment. This, this is all in past tense. So that's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, she said, I was once married to a great man. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was future Kate mm-hmm. talking. Um, this show, I'm emotionally exhausted now. Yeah. I can't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, just even thinking about the emotions that I'm going to go through and you know, all of the viewers are going to go through watching this episode. But also, it's just a reminder that we're coming towards the end of the show as well, which is sad. So, Ooh, yeah. Child. Yeah, Eden, that's not, that's not you. Hey, wait, hold on. Wait, what did you oh, say? Oh, wait, my bad, my bad, my bad. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Sorry, I messed up. See you oh. next season, guys. Yeah, he's going to be here you. next season. <laughs> yeah, man. I know you've been doing the writing classes. What you doing? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. Without further ado, this is the end of the show. Um, I've been Alex Holmes. Marquise Davon. Toby Rachel. Ian McKenzie. And this is we. Do, 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 do. Uh, so I don't know what I'm doing.